Welcome to What Do You Bring to the Table? This is your girl Sylvia, she, her, and hers. This is Tori, she, her, and hers, and we are back for episode 19 is of it? season two. I don't know. I mean, that's the number I'm using. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I don't care. As I rely on you to keep track. <laughs> that's the number we're using. <laughs> yeah. And, and Jason... That's the number. Jason, don't, that's the number. Don't come back with, oh, yeah, no, it's 20 or 18. Right. We didn't that's count the, the leftover number. episodes, so really it's yeah. on, on, on that. No. It's episode official. 19, season two. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so we have another guest today on this episode. Uh, Sylvia, I'm going to let you introduce him since you brought him to the table. Um, yes. So, so go for it. He's a fellow podcaster. Um, he does sold his podcast is called soul soul dope podcast. Um, I was very impressed with, uh, Alex and listening to his podcast uh, one, because I was impressed with the quality and we just got a couple pointers from him. We just realized for a year and a half, we've been using our mics incorrectly. Why you gotta, Sorry. why you gotta you front us out like that? Well, oh, I, hello. You know, that, that's just how, see the voice you guys will notice is golden smooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm gonna let him talk about his uh podcast, how he came, and then we'll ask questions, obviously, because I'm very intrigued with um his podcast and his opinions and thoughts. Um, so take it take it away, Alex. Tell us about your podcast, how you started it, what do you want to do with it. Well, first, let me say my name. My name is Alex Jones. Not the conspiracy, <laughs> the conspiracy theorist. Right. I'm the real one. The black, I'm the real one, the black one. That's that's me. Um, but yeah, I got a podcast. It's called uh, Soul, The Soul Dope Podcast. There's also another podcast that's called The Soul Dope Show. Okay. I am the black dude with the hat on, if you go look for me. But it's called The Soul Dope Podcast. Um but actually, I just started the podcast about a month ago. Oh, um, really? Yeah, only you been got a, a lot of episodes on there for being hey, a month. I'd be rolling. Are you doing it every day? I was doing it a lot. Like I was like every thought I had, I was trying to cram them in, and I was trying to produce these shows. Yeah, it was. I was doing them off. Well, you were like snatching some of our headlines right off of there because I was like, he's already talking about Giselle. And I was like, Tori, oh, yeah. we got to hurry it up. We got to get our <laughs> podcast out there because somebody's already beating us to the punch. Well, you got to think there's a million, millions of people out there listening to all podcasts and, you know, your listeners might not listen to me. Right. Or vice versa. That's true. But, but, you're, but you were like on fire with it. Yeah, for a little while until I put my MacBook in the freezer. But that's another story. Go what? to the podcast to hear about that. Yeah, go to the podcast to hear about that. <laughs> okay. But, um, but yeah, I started it a month ago. Um, honestly, the way it started was I used to do a lot of, um, I still do, but I did a lot of 
Facebook live videos where I was talking about these same issues. And I would just go down these rabbit holes for an hour, two hours. People would chime in and listen. And then some of my friends were like, man, you need to do a podcast. Like, you really need to do this. And you need an outline because you talk a lot. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. So I already, I was already recording like music and stuff like that. So I had the equipment and I decided to do it. And, you know, my first stab at it, it came out great. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's basically just a tasteful gumbo of so many different topics. You know, it's, it's geared towards religion, politics, spirituality, finance, um, education, um, anything you health, fitness, self-improvement, everything you can think of, I'm going to be talking about it from my perspective, my, um, my point of view, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so also part of what I liked the one episode that I first uh, listened to, um, and I, I liked it because we were kind of talking about this, is that I eventually at some point want to feel comfortable with um, owning a firearm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do we, you know... How do I get comfortable with it? Because you're very comfortable with it. Uh, do you want to share like what your history, like what what your history is with firearms? Well, I have a I have an extensive history with firearms. Um, um, I actually uh, was an NRA um, basic firearm instructor for a few years. Yeah, uh, I spent um, 14 years in the military as a military police officer. Um, I was also a um, firearms instructor there. I I taught on tactics and training. And so I have an extensive knowledge of firearms and tactics and use of force, basically. Yeah. Uh, I would say, what is this, 2020? I would say about uh, 19 years worth of it. And so when we were off mic, we were talking about just, you know, just gun safety on top of what it means to be a person of color to carry a firearm and what happened to philandro and you know keeping those things in mind because you know so anyway we were just you know because i i'm i was more of the i'd like to carry one but i'm nervous around it first of all i get i you know my hands when i touched one my hands were sweating because i was like ah you know <laughs> but i'd like to feel better about it be able to know what the hell i'm doing cuz when your mind goes into fight flight or freeze i'm going to be like where's a safety button <laughs> you know like like the Karen and Kyle that was you know on the podcast that you were talking about hands shaking looking like uh, what's his name from uh uh Andy Griffith's show she had her uh, limp all wrist oh, wrist yeah, all yeah, yeah. limp like if yeah. that if she would have pulled the trigger, you know, like, and then the man, you know, with his gun with his AR fifteen, just I mean, going like this back and forth to yeah. people. So obviously, you know? so obviously that was a scary, um, that was a scary moment, looking at them because they are based on my experience and and training. They those people are not trained in any kind of firearms or tactics or safety for the most part. They may have had a basic safety course somewhere, but I don't think they. And yeah. he had a powerful weapon. Oh yeah, he had he had some serious stuff. Believe that. But he was not. He he looked a little bit more comfortable than his wife. Yeah, uh, that's true. She was she was out there ready to just blow somebody's head off at the end of the day. 
Um, but it, it is, that's a scary moment because people that are afraid that have guns can potentially turn into something extremely dangerous. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I always try to tell people, me, I carry a gun everywhere I go. I've been carrying a gun everywhere I go for mm, 20 years. And it's not about the gun. The gun is a tool, but it's about your brain. It's about how you think yourself out of a situation. If your first thing is to do to grab your gun, then you haven't been, you haven't conditioned yourself properly. You know what I mean? Because the gun is a tool, it's a last resort. And if you're not comfortable, like here's something interesting what you said, Sylvia. You probably didn't even catch you said it, but you said, you said, hey, if I, if I got this gun and I'm going to be like flight or fight, I'm going to be like, where the hell is the safety on this gun, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. The physiological response to any kind of stress, right? Or potential trauma. Now, this is interesting to talk about because now I'm looking at it from both sides based on, you know, all my years of working in law enforcement and, you know, being a regular person. Yeah. When you think about that flight or fight, the same thing you say you would feel, think about this. The officers feel in the same thing. So yeah. when we look at if we find something of them doing something on camera and you're trying to figure out how and why the hell did you do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. You're literally trying to figure out why the hell did they do that? You know what I mean? Like in some cases, it might not be that they're racist or whatever. They just was like face something and they totally, your brain goes into a whole different situation. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some, some, some video when this guy, <laughs> this police officer chases this guy and he's shooting at him out of his car window and he's trying to change his his clips up in his magazines or his clip up in his gun, right? And he can't. He's doing it totally backwards. He can't even put the thing in his gun. He's a trained officer. He couldn't yeah. figure it out. But his brain was just like, ooda loop, ooda loop. So I'm saying that for a reason to preface a lot of other conversation we're probably gonna have today. Um, but as far as being comfortable and safe, you gotta train your mind and condition your mind to scenario-based life experiences. If you just get in a gun because you wish an MF or would, yeah. you might not. You know, you might yeah. not want to be a person to get a gun. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if you understand it as a tool and its power and the things you have to do to not use it, you're going to be okay. Yeah, I, mean, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I grew up, I grew up in rural Oregon. I grew up in the country. So I grew up around guns. I grew up hunting. And that was one of, I mean, I had to take, you know, the hunter safety course to learn how to do everything. But that was the one thing that my family and particularly my grandfather, who, you know, was kind of the patriarch of my family, um, just really emphasized, like, if you, one, you assume every gun you pick up is loaded, you know, um, respect for how to handle it, you know, um, you never, obviously never point at anybody, no matter what, whether it's loaded or not. And then, you know, we, we would go out and shoot, right? So we would get comfortable with the feeling of it. Depending on the caliber of gun we were shooting, it was like, you know, what, what, what it would feel like, you know. And, I mean, this is as a youngster, right? I haven't shot a gun yeah. since I was, you know, lived back home. And I'm, you know, 40-some years old now. So, um, mm -hmm. but even though, even then, it still is instilled in my mind, right? So when I saw that picture of Karen and Kyle and I saw Karen holding the gun, I was like right away, like, this bitch don't know how to hold no gun. That's not how you gotta go to gun. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Um, 
And I like how you brought into basically the neuroscience of things, right? Because mm-hmm. the neuroscience is trauma of trauma is when you're in fight, flight, or freeze, your brain will go into automatic response for certain things. And right. um, that muscle memory, like you're saying, is important, right? So if you're not practicing for scenarios, or if you're not, you know, like you say, don't just get a gun, put it in the cabinet and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I hope somebody comes at me. No, you got to go out and shoot. You got to go out and train yourself of how to load and unload it and do all the things. Because in those moments, when you're in that split decision, your brain is going to take over. Your natural responses are going to take over. Um, and and I don't think people think about that, right? They just think I'm going to get a gun and I'm going to be safe and that's it. And they put it in right. a gun case in their bedroom or wherever and they don't ever touch it. Yeah, that's to me, that's like 5% of the battle, you know. And then what, what you said about um, making those split decisions, if we look at the George Floyd situation, right, um, that's why it bothers me so much when people from maybe the other side of the argument that might say, you know, that they support police no matter what, right? Yeah. People on the other side of the argument are not seeing that, look, the dude that kneeled on this guy's neck was not making a split decision whatsoever. You're talking about eight minutes and 46 seconds or whatever of kneeling on this man's neck while he was handcuffed, right? That's a situation that nobody can come in and Monday morning quarterback. Like, you can't say, well, he should have did this, he should have did that. We know what he should have did, and that's the end of it, mm-hmm. you know? But there are other situations where... Um, it is hard. It's difficult to watch because things difficult. happen like in seconds. Right. It happened like Not eight I mean, minutes and forty six seconds. Right. I mean, I mean, since we're talking about it, I mean, if you look at the Rayshard Brooks shooting, like that is, that to me was like it was heartbreaking on both sides, because one, we got to see a lot of time of what happened even before this happened. Right. How they were pretty cordial with each other and they were respectful, and then boom, something happened. But that the moment that it happened, it was so heartbreaking because, and I'm just speaking from my experience, people say, what, you know, a lot of people come to me and ask me, what, what would you have done, Alex? I'm like, I probably, I'm telling you, there's a, there's probably over 50% chance that I could have shot that guy. Yeah. You know, like I say that because I want people to understand, like when you look at the neuroscience and the actual split second decision of it, I can break the video down, but I don't think we have all that time to do that. But it's, it's two sides of every coin. It's, it's sad on both sides. I don't think that guy woke up that morning like, I'm going to go kill Rayshard. And Rayshard didn't wake up this morning probably like, I'm going to just beat up some cops today. You know, I'm going right. to assault the cop. I don't think that's how that happened. However, when you look at what's the dude in South Carolina, uh, Scott, Walter Scott, is his name Walter Scott? The one that police out, this was years ago. He just, the guy is run, clearly running away. He just shot him down in the Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, right? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, he was like across the field and yeah, like in a like, park, right? Yeah. 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 And, he, and he just shot him running away from him. Yeah. That's horrible. You know what I mean? So, like, I think for me, I have a pretty interesting perspective just based on my experience and being in situations that have been extremely hostile. Like, I mean, like things that I'm like, I don't even know how I'm alive today, honestly. Mm. So, I kind of bring that perspective to build the balance. And we are very sensationalized to what we're going to see. Now, the thing that makes it harder is because seeing George Floyd die on social media, I'm like, damn, that could have been me. Yeah. yeah. You know, or seeing Fidel, like, it's like, damn, that definitely could have been me. You yeah. Know, knowing that I carry a gun every day. Right. And having the way I, just by the way I looked, the implicit bias go kick in for whoever's dealing with me, period. 
Right. You know, mm -hmm. Because automatically, a black man, you ain't supposed to be carrying no gun. Mm -hmm. Period. I don't care who you are. That's what the implicit bias tells them. Black men, you're not allowed to carry a gun in yeah. any situation, you know? And I think that's what makes it hard for for all of it. Am I talking too much for y'all? No, no. No, I was yeah. I was going to say I'm glad that you brought that piece about implicit bias in too as well, right? Because that yeah. goes along with the brain science, right? And, yep. and the confirmation bias. And because the way our systems were set up and the way things, the influence of white supremacy in action is that it creates a confirmation bias for white people to think that brown and black people are the threat right, right. and so because right. i like what you said too around um you know i may have shot uh richard too right because and i and i talk to people all about this all the time not necessarily about people you know getting killed but in a traumatic situation because i do trauma-informed care trainings and I talk to folks about, like, if you see your client doing something, don't automatically assume that it's a behavioral issue because none of us know how we will respond in a traumatic situation, right? Yeah, and I just, I mean, I can't emphasize that enough with people is that no matter what, it is, whether it's like we're, we're talking about a shooting or a situation where yourself is confronted with some sort of attack or something going on and you think, oh, I'd smack a bitch, you know, like I wouldn't put yeah. up with that. You don't know. You don't right. know. You think you know, but right. you don't know because that automatic limbic mm. system response is mm. automatic, right? So mm. there are, there are, you know, there's research to show that, you know, things like practicing mindfulness and things like that actually helps your response and the ability to respond and react differently. But at the end of the day, when your brain and your body is in that moment, none of us know how we respond. Right. None of us do. But that's where, that's where, like you said, the, I don't forget what the words you use, but basically you have to do the mindfulness, the mindfulness, I guess you can call it that. <clears throat> and for me as a tactical person, it's situational awareness so, um, you, you're playing a scenario out in your head, regardless if it's the worst case scenario or the, the least case scenario, you know? Like, for example, if Karen and Ken, <laughs> obviously they never thought in a million years they would have to face. The, the gated community. Right. They would the never part. have to face that. So look how they responded because they've never, ever played that scenario in their head. Right. I've, I'm, you know, I do drills here with my wife all the time. Man shows up to the door. Man pushes his way through the door. I do all this stuff, right? Yeah. How do we handle those situations? But if you're not, you know, if you're if you're going in the mall right now and you're with your kids or your husband or whoever, wife, you should be thinking, okay, I'm in the mall, I'm having a good time. If something was to happen, how would I get out of here? Yeah. If you you gotta at least think that one time while you're out there. Now but, now here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I I get that, but is it like exhausting though to think like that all the time alex like do you like get to the point where why can't i just eat at the ihop here without looking at where my exits you know i should fake i mean or is it just become automatic that you're sitting facing the door and you know the things just automatically for me for me for me it's automatic yeah you know i mean i'm not going to sit up here and lie but when i you know, I lived overseas for 11 years of my career and I deployed and all that stuff from there. But yeah. coming back to the United States, I had a real serious problem with that. 
you know, so I can't sit up here and lie and say, I didn't have the anxiety. I was always looking around in my mirrors. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. You know, I had two guns on me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm responding to the crime in the community, but eventually I, you know, I got my counseling and I, I kind of start thinking like, Hey, if there's a threat there, you just think about what would you do and just leave it as it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like somebody's actually coming to get me. That's what yeah. I felt like before. Um, so that's the difference. If you feel like, oh my God, somebody's coming through here and get me, yeah. then you're going to be like that. But if you just think, well, what if this happens? What am I going to do? Because if, if I have kids, I'm always going to be thinking like that. Right. You know what I mean, because I don't, I want to be able to get myself and my kids out of a situation if I need to, but it can be exhausting. You, you're hundred yeah. percent right. It could be totally exhausting, but it, for me, it's automatic though. Well, well, and I think that that's a piece like what, what you said too. the, the hypervigilance of, you know, that you had to kind of get some, some counseling and some, you know, to kind of lower that hypervigilance, but because of your experience, there mm -hmm. is a baseline hypervigilance that exists in you because of your training, because of the things that you've done as a profession. You know, I, I know myself working, you know, I was a juvenile probation officer for almost 20 years and the primary clients I served were kids involved in gangs. So, you know, I mean, I did some of that shit too. Like, you know, go out to eat. I got to see where the door is, you know, uh, go to a store and, you know, I'm constantly like clocking the area, like client, client, parent, you know, um, those kind of things. And, um, I, I feel like that, you know, there's some, some healthy hypervigilance is okay. It's when it goes to that point of, it's controlling your ability to function and be right. within society because, you know, myself, I've had conversations with my husband, uh, you know, around. So my husband is hearing impaired and black. Um, so, you know, I, I'm our ears the majority of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And he has a hearing aid. But, you know, so I'm I'm constantly listening to what's going on. And I, and I actually had a conversation with him one time. Like I said, so if we're ever doing anything and shit starts to go down, you have to trust me. Right. I, I can't have you asking me. I need you to trust. Like if I say we got to get the fuck out of here, you just come along with me. Right, um, right. Because right. it is, it's a reality, right? It's a reality that I think, you know, if you're paying attention that, that, that things can happen and being prepared is okay. It's just when it interrupts with your ability to function and to interact and, you know, right. as a licensed clinical social worker, <laughs> I feel I can speak to that. Yeah. It becomes it becomes unhealthy, but you know there's the other side of it too. Though Tori is, when you got people that are just floating around in life, right, and not really knowing what it means to be prepared, you know, you see how people randomly get punched in the face or hit with something over their head or robbed, like when they could probably could see it coming. Only if they, you know, because here's the thing: there was a guy on the train. Can I tell this story? Absolutely. There was a guy on the train, on the max train one morning, I was coming to work, right? And the guy was, he was a black guy. He was obviously homeless, but he was, you know, he was tweaking and he was just kind of like, um, just touching stuff and moving around and kind of grunting at people, right? So I was sitting down and the guy comes, stands right over me. So I immediately just get up. I didn't make a scene. I just got up, put my back against the wall and I was ready to knock his ass all the way out if he tried something, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? But here's was the most alarming thing that everybody that this guy came sat down with and was talking to a grunt at, you can see them with their heads in their phones. Mm. They didn't even acknowledge him. Right. And I think with some people's fear or whatever, they may think that if I don't talk to him or see him, I don't have to deal with mm. him. 
but it's so dangerous because these people can just haul off on you or do anything to you and you sitting in your phone the whole time. Mm -hmm. If there's something going on on the max train, I'm either getting off, right? Or I'm going to try to make myself safe until I can get off. I'll yeah. get off at the next stop if I have to. But people aren't doing that because they're not aware. They just don't want to make a, a fuss about it. And it can actually cost them their safety. Mm -hmm. uh, in or the long their life. Or their life, you know? Like, right. when you look at... um. That, that Christian dude that ended about, up... Yeah. The crazy yeah. thing about that with Jeremy Christian is, I mean, he's a maniac. He's a... Yeah. He's a sociopath. A public, <laughs> he's a sociopath. That day, y'all, that day, I'm never going to forget that day because it was my first summer here, right? Oh, so I had just moved out here. That was my first summer. Oof. Believe it or not, the week before, somebody had took a shit on my truck. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, somebody took a shit on my truck. I'm not kidding you. Damn. Over at Park Road. So... That day that it happened, I remember it, it was the first day of Ramadan that year. So I drove, now note, I always take public transportation during that time. It's like, it's free. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. So I'm taking public transportation and this day I chose to drive in, right? Just, I don't know why, I just drove in mm. that Friday. And I this got is, there. You found crap on your truck. Who no, the hell does that? This was a week after. Oh, okay. So it was a Friday. So I, I, I I'm gonna get I, back to that because I'm like, yeah, we, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, tell you put about a, that. Put a pin in that. Yeah, put a pin in that down. Write that, that down. We gotta bring that to the table. <laughs> yes. Um. But anyways, like I drove in to work, and here's what happened. After I was done with work, it was hot. I walked over to the as I'm walking to the parking garage. I called my wife, and I said, "Babe, um." I'm so glad I drove in today because I just don't feel like dealing with nobody, right? Mm -hmm. So I get in my car, I'm talking to my wife, right? So I see calls and messages coming from coworkers. So I didn't, you know, I'm just driving, talking to my wife. I get home, I look at the messages, coworkers are blowing me up. They're calling me. I'm like, what is going on? So I call, I'm like, yo, what's up? They was like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. Like, what's up? They was like, how did you get to work today? I was like, I, I drove. They was like, you're not on the train? I'm like, no. They was like, oh, my God, did you hear what happened? I'm like, no. She's like, there's been a murder. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I turn on the news, and it's all over the mm -hmm. news, right? They were so concerned because that was the exact time that I would be traveling home. They Damn. knew, like, you know, I had a little, that was the exact time. Now, what makes that crazy is that I knew, my wife knew, that if I would have been on that train, I probably would have said something. Mm -hmm. One, because it was the right thing to do. But two... You know, he was harassing some Muslim sisters. Mm -hmm. That was just too peculiar for me, mm -hmm. right? So I probably could have been there. I don't know. By Oof. the grace of God, I'm like, I wasn't there. And I always think about that like, man, and I would have been packing. But maybe he could. He probably could have split my throat before I even got my gun out. Yeah. Well, it don't sound like it because it sounds like you would be looking at safety first. Let me position myself. Yeah, I would. You know You're what? Already I, in the thinking mode of what's gonna happen. Right. But you know what? I wouldn't even confronted that guy. I would have just talked to the sisters and be like, "Hey, listen, let's get off on the next stop. I'll yeah. stay with y'all. Yeah, we'll call the cops and we'll move on." I wouldn't have never confronted that guy like that. Not saying I, I know I wouldn't have. Yeah, I just wouldn't have done it because it's it's not up. I want to say help the girls, not him. Yeah. Um. So that was a that was a hard situation to watch. Even the video. Um. But that goes into situation awareness. And guess what happened after that for four or five months? Nobody said nothing to nobody on the train. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't even say hello to anybody. It was like a pin drop. Nobody right. looked at each other. It was just like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so anyways, back 
putting the putting the S H I T on the table. Yeah. <laughs> what like, is that? Like what? What do you want to know? What do you want to know? What? Do you think it was like a homeless person or do you think it was done specifically to you? I think it was random. But based on my me being new here, the first, you know, eight months, seven months I was here, I was that was traumatic for me. Was it in the back of your truck or or oh, it was on it the, was on like on it was the on actual... the it was on the fender of my truck. Look, on the right fender, look, and it came down all in the wheels of my truck. All mm -hmm. in my rims, all the way down to the ground. Mm -mm. I don't know how a person got their ASS up that high, but you can tell somebody propped up on the truck and then kind of pooped and let it slide down the truck. Or did huh. they get into the bed of the truck and then hang their ass over? Well, no, it was on the front. Oh, it was on the front. Oh, it was yeah. on the front, like the hood, like the Damn. hood. Damn. Yeah. Ooh, so, the... so it was very traumatizing. Yeah. And it was, I never gonna forget that day. It was so hot. And note, I was, you know, being working in downtown Portland, I have been very immersed with the homeless population. So in other cities, believe it or not, in other cities, the homeless population looks a little bit different than it does look in Portland, right? So coming out of D.C., you won't see what you see in downtown Portland on the National Mall or anywhere around 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or Constitution Avenue. You just won't see it. Mm -hmm. So it's more compartmentalized, right? Mm -hmm. In Portland, you go four angles of the of the city and you can catch it all, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like a culture shock to mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So when I when I was doing that and being around that, the day they pooped on my truck, I was so traumatized. <laughs> I was just so like, yo, I cannot, but like, what did I get myself into moving here? And it was hot. I just sat on the curb in like 96 degree weather. It's melting. I'm just like, Oof. I cannot believe this happened. Well, welcome, keeping it weird in Portland. Right, for real. So it was a, it was a wake up call. Um, but and you know what? When I first came to Portland, these streets were pristine. Mm. I, I, I-84 coming down into, into Portland. You know the sides that you know as you're coming down I-84 going into Portland, kind of yeah. coming up this hill. Those side. You know, they were beautiful. They were lush green trees. And now they're just filled and littered with trash. It actually reminds me, literally reminds me of Tijuana going up into, out of downtown, going up into, you know, where the, the homes were, where the people just dumped their trash everywhere. Yeah. It just, it, it has saddened me to see just the state of, you know, just how dirty it's gotten. It's pretty you know? sad. It's pretty... Very sad. Very sad. Well, um, yeah. Wow. I can't believe it. You got crapped on. I got crapped on. I Could Could I say because I was black in Portland or no? Of course. I mean, what? I feel like <laughs> that it's a I high possibility. Crapped on. <laughs> I think it was meant for me though. It was a wake up call. I needed to feel that that trauma of getting pooped on because that was like a welcome that was an open a open gift to me. Like, hey, welcome to the city, mm. bro. Right. You know what I mean? But I've had actually out of all about all things, that wasn't the worst experience I've had. Like we've talked in the past. I mean, Portland is probably the out of all the listen to me, I've lived on every side of the world that you can think of. I've traveled the world. 
I've seen a lot of countries and continents. Portland is the only place that I've had the worst racial experiences in in mm. my life. And Period. you came from Alabama, right? I'm from Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana. Yeah. So that's where you would be like, ooh, you better be careful down there, right? You would think. Yeah. I would be thinking, I'd be like, I ain't moving down there. Nah. KKers. Nah. So... Alex, um, I'm glad you brought that up because um, this is not the first time I've heard it from a black person who has moved from, you know, anywhere else into Portland. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think, I still don't think people understand it, right? Like, there's a thing we call like Portland nice, right? And <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit, right? So, um, and because there's so much, you know, supposed neoliberalism behavior in this city they don't think oh well, well, we can't be racist and what people don't understand is oregon itself has the history of racism we were the only state that wrote in that blacks could not reside here or or, or have housing or hold jobs and didn't that stay into like for like until 19 something? something 19 something yeah i mean it was still on the books for a long time before right. obviously it was you know um, I mean, there's still cities in, in Oregon that have sundown laws still written into their city code, obviously wow. not enforceable, but the, the, the problem is that the sentiment is still there, right? Mm -hmm. Many places in, in, in rural Oregon, well, Oregon City is one of them, you know, Oregon City and Lake, Lake uh, Oswego both have a history of somebody sundown laws. Me, somebody told me that the nickname for that when I got here was Lake No Negro. Yes, it is. 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah, in fact, we did a story about a, a student, high school student from, I think it was Lake Asuga High School, who did a doc, short documentary about the history of Lake No Negro and um, the racism problem within Lake Oswego still to this day. So I, hmm. I guess I would like you to speak a little bit more to that, like your experience of coming from Louisiana who like us up here would think, oh, my God, I would never go there. Or, you know, if I was a person of color, I would never go there. But can you talk a little bit more about that kind of experience and the difference of the racism from there and here? So the difference is you probably you y'all probably heard this um, generally and popularly is is it's there's covert and there's overt right, mm -hmm. and I think that um, me being in Louisiana, I've never I I mean. I was outright called the N-word here in the Northwest. Never in my life have I been directly called hmm. the N-word, right? Like, like that. But in Louisiana or in the South, people have this misconception that, oh my God, you know, they're gonna blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But if you notice where a lot of the, some of these racial things are happening is happening in different parts of the, the world besides the South, honestly. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why it's different is because growing up, if you knew somebody was racist, you knew by either some kind of paraphernalia or the way they treat you or something. You just, you almost knew it. You just had that, you had that feeling. Over here, you don't know until you have a flashpoint of something happening. And then you're like, hold on, bro. I thought you was, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like when the people put the damn black, like me personally, like when I drive through Laurelhurst and I see, are in the West Hills and I see Black Lives Matter <laughs> signs in people's yards, I'd be like, I, it, I don't know why, it just makes me, I don't like it. It irritates 
fascinates me. Here's why. Because me, as a 220-pound, dark-skinned, bearded black man, walks through that neighborhood at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, knock on the door and say, I need some help. Or even if they just see me walking in the neighborhood, I think there's a really good chance that somebody's going to call the police on me. Yep. I've yep. seen it here where I live at on this side of the river. Yep. Right? I was just walking in the park. They didn't call the police. The police like, hey, what's going on? Like, what do you need, sir? Like, you don't see all these bikes? Yeah, like, no, I'm telling him, like, what do you need, sir? Like, oh, I'm okay. just taking a walk. You know, so I think that's the biggest difference when it comes to being in Portland. It's almost like, God, I, I can't say it on the podcast, but when you look you around. Podcast. No, I can't say it on the podcast. Why so, can't you say it on the podcast? Because it has to do with certain organizations. <laughs> oh, but, oh, oh, Yeah, oh, so, oh. but it's kind of like you just get a lot of lip service yeah. from people, right? And honestly, my whole theory behind the whole Black Lives Matter sign in Laurelhurst and other places that may be predominantly white in Portland is that's kind of like when, you know, when like you get a, a, a community that uproars and there's a lot of rioting and stuff and mm -hmm. some of the black owners write, hey, this is a black owned business. Yeah. I think they do that too. Like, like, hey, don't come to this house. We support. You oh, know, like, yeah, don't no. Do like, like it's a beard. Oh, yeah. yeah you, like, you won. I 100% I agree with you. It's performative allyship. Yeah, it's they like, front. Oh, they front. Right. So, so I think that's what it is. It's like you look at people, and I think inherently they treat you different. Um, be, for whatever reason, I think some of it is racism. A lot of it is implicit bias. People don't know how to deal with you, but then people don't want you around them at the same time. You know what I mean? I mean, look at any other inner city. Like from the history that I know of Portland. You got these people that got flushed out of North Portland mm -hmm. from predominantly neighborhoods, moved out to the numbers, right? Yep. And then when they see those, they think that these people, these set of people, when they come into their neighborhoods, they only have an idea of what they think the worst people are from that area, right? That's yep. what they think about. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my God, don't go to North I mean, you can ask people around you that are white, that grew up here, if you have a good relationship with them, ask them anything about North Portland, the villa and all that stuff. And they're going to be like, dude, I was taught never to go over there. Never go in North mm -hmm. Portland. Yep. Of, do you guys, now I'm going to put them on, I'm going to put them on the, um, I think I'm going to put him on the spot. He wouldn't mind it. Y'all know the famous basketball player, Maurice Lucas. Yeah. He's a, he's a blazer. He won in the 76. He's, he, he passed away a few years ago, but me and his son are really good friends. Hmm. We been, we was in the military together. Oh, wow. But, yeah, and I didn't know that he was Maurice Lucas's son. Yeah, he said he was, and I didn't believe him <laughs> until he come until he come to work one day. You know, we in the middle. We were in Germany. He comes to work with a photo album where he's in the locker room with Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Whoa. all this stuff as a kid. <sighs> all Something the big greats, crazy, all the greats, and he was a pretty famous basketball player. But um, anyways, I even talked to him. He was like, "Man, when I moved here, he was like, man." Just don't live in North Portland. That's what he told me. He's a wow. black guy, right? He's like, man, just don't live in North Portland. So for me, I had to understand what that meant. But guess right. what? When I moved here, for me and my wife, we felt home in the North. Sure. To me, yeah. yeah. You know, we go, we go patron the black-owned businesses mm -hmm. and go to the restaurants. That was like home for us. You know, mm -hmm. like I didn't feel it anywhere else. Right. So um, it's different in the fact that I have to consistently seek out a place here in Portland. Yeah. I can't go. I don't feel like I can go everywhere and just feel like welcome. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of places, but there's some places if I'm just 
sitting outside of the cafe or something, people just look and stare like, Tiff, my wife, she's like, Alex, I think they're they're looking at us because they just think we're a beautiful couple. And I'm like, sometimes I don't think that, Yeah, you know? She's being positive. She's being positive. But so that's the difference in what I've experienced growing up in Louisiana and here is like, this place is so fake Mm -hmm. in my opinion. It's fake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not real. And it, it goes from the neighborhood level all the way up to the city politics, in my opinion, like all the way up to the state politics, in my opinion. It's just so fake because it's like everybody. How did you want to see it? Somebody said everybody want to be part of the cause until you start experiencing what those people have experienced. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So everybody's like Black Lives Matter. There's a I don't know if you guys ever heard of Jane Elliott. Yes. She is phenomenal. Um, she's still alive. She's old as dirt though, but she, um, she's been doing these racial, this racial anti-racism work for years. Mm -hmm. And you should definitely look into her, her writings, but definitely her videos of the blue eye, brown eye experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And you've seen it, Sylvia, right? Yeah, 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 she's okay. the one that uh, yeah, said, hey, short white haired lady. Yeah, and uh, want to be treated like black folks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. where I was gonna go. That's yeah. where I was gonna go. So it's like you ask this question, and no, of course, nobody's people are not gonna stand up and raise their hand and do it. But it's almost like if you were here in, in this area in the northwest, you ask somebody that in their head, they they may They'd say, be like, sure, yeah, I will, yeah. like, but yeah. then when they actually experience it, right? It's like, now nah, I'm not. I'm not right. really with this, you know what I mean? So so that's the difference. I mean, this is I think it one one has to do with the the energy too, y'all. Like the energy that this place portrays going on to what Tori said about this whole um neoliberal energy that comes out anyway, mm-hmm. and you're probably expecting that, and that's not what it is. Well, and I think that, you know, in people's minds when you say the word racist, it means like you are one of them. Confederate flag mm-hmm. carrying, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm a lynch somebody. And the, that's not me. That's not my thinking. I think you're a fabulous person. You know, I think you're great. I think, but you're only seeing one person. You're not looking at somebody as the community that they come from. Once you bring out the community where they come from, then it's another story. Then they're backing up and be like, oh, you know, I don't know if I, ooh. You know, no, that is that is so that is so that's so true because I always talk about that. I think I'm gonna be working on the podcast that you know they don't see color until until if, it's like, colored until it's like so. If I move into Laurelhurst right yeah. now, mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, Well, who is this dude? Mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. may find out a little bit about me and yeah. like, Oh, you know, Alex is nice, but then if you know Dante moved down the street, Ray Ray moved down the street, <laughs> right? Know, and Dante, and- and they can have, they could still have their yards are still nice. Mm-hmm. But the minute you have a little party with a little boom in the bass, then things start to get all what's going on around here. But, but you also notice that, you know, in uh, Christian churches too, because I'm Christian, mm-hmm. and you notice that where we're segregated. But, and be, when I was growing up, it was like, well, we segregate because one language, but two, culture you know people like different types of music so you have the the organ music for you know this white folks and then you have you know the more hand clapping for the african-americans and then somewhere in between is for the latinos but then the (laughs) language right 
But then it's like, well, if that's the case, then how come we we don't have more oomph, more bass up in here instead of this organ grinder music? <laughs> Why? Because these what these older white folks, it just gets them into a. It's almost like they don't know what to do with it. Maybe. You know, they are like they get into a frenzy. Like all of a sudden, we're heathens, and it's just like it's. It's music. We praise him. We're doing the same thing. Why does it have to be organ grinder music? Why can't it be some drums, some, you know, some umph? Why why does it have to be organ grinder? Why can't you be open to, you know, all ways of praising? But they're stuck. It's like, it's, it's that fight, flight, or freeze. You know, they're stuck in that thinking. And they can't, like, they can't unstuck unstick themselves unstick that's but that's that's culture you know it's just a a matter of not knowing each other's culture and culture differences right i mean like and some people don't want to explore that uh they just don't want to do that and that not too much but they want to say they do they want to say they like you alex oh i know like you're the i I, i'm like we're the thin little pencil when they get to know you you're the little thin line pencil but don't bring out the dark sharky or sharpie, because then that's when they're like, "Oh, you're messing up my painting here." Well, that's- yeah, I mean, I think it it goes back to you know the situation uh, that has been created with white supremacy is I can uh, you know w- white people can dictate who's the good person of color versus the bad person of color, right? And um, and then it has historically just you know been recreated into you know the these like you were saying sylvia like these these liberals who are yeah black lives matter flag on my on my porch but you know let a person of color actually move into the neighborhood right so this historical conditioning of good versus bad person of color right the the race connoisseurs if you will of 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 folks of like oh yeah you're a good one uh, but you're a bad one i mean you know i've said this before i grew up with it with my white family you know your dad was a good one you know your dad was a good mexican well right. what the hell does that you know what does the hell does that mean you right. know um and what does that say for my grandpa right yeah, yeah. like okay well but and how did you know like how do you know like right so um right. it definitely yeah, it definitely is a, is a thing that that is conditioned into the white mind that you can differentiate, whereas historically conditioning the white is always good, right? And we were talking about this other day playing disc golf. Was that was when you, when, when you were out there when we were talking about that and how things are labeled like blackballed and yeah. um, blacklisted, and then white is always connotation with good right right like 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 devils like like what is it um devil cake and angels cake. right yeah white lie that's okay you know little white lie that's fine you know so there's this cultural conditioning within our society that you know you can differentiate between a good one and bad one and you know it was by design right the lighter mm-hmm. the skin the, the the you know even for slaves the, the lighter the skin the more have. accepted you know um so yeah. it's yeah uh, the the performative allyship in portland is real real as fuck you know i just 
and I think, you know, when I watch, because I watch all different news uh, programs. I watch Fox News, CNN, I watch them all because I like, it's kind of entertainment for me. I'll be like, what the hell are they going to say next type of thing? Sure, yeah. So when I see them, when they report like on Portland or something like that, yeah. it's so funny because they report it, they report it like, oh, look at all these libtards, right? Yeah. And, you know, like, look at all these libtards out here, blah, 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 which, okay, maybe there are some libtards, but they don't never report on the actual underlining, um, the the belly of that beast that nobody is really talking about in this country. Like, who's the was the Bundys from Oregon? Were they from Oregon? The the guys that took over the Mount Her. Yeah, yeah. Was, wasn't that in Oregon, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was in Southern Oregon. Yeah, yeah. well, Southern East Indian Reservation, Klamath Falls right. area. Yeah. But if you notice how the media portrayed it, right? You would have been like, "Oh, these guys are patriots." Right. 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 These guys are freaking heroes. You know, there's some documentary footage out there where I saw these dudes had rifles trained on, 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 on law enforcement. Mm -hmm. A federal officer. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here like, how the hell? If some Negroes would have been up in that building, they would have dropped a. Oh yeah, they would have. Hiroshima. Hiroshima would have happened. Been done. It would have been over like that. So I think that's what you know, and like like Tori said, we we are. And you would and and they would have never seen the light of day. But what happens? Acquittals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. How does that happen? You shoot a federal officer, kill him, and you get off. (laughs) Those are things that I can't explain to this day, and I think those are the things that actually keep me in somewhat kind of turmoil in my head when I think. This is when I think the world is, I'm trying to make it a better place. You get stuff like that that just kind of like sinks you, you know, like, what the hell? Yeah. How the hell did this even happen? It doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think Oregon is just a, a petri dish of, um, what do you call it? A petri dish of racism with sugar on the top of it. Mm. That's how I kind of see it. Like, yeah. it's like, it's racism with sugar on the top of it. And I just don't understand why they think that they are leading in America with all this, these, these ideas and policy when I don't think that's what, what the case is. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I learned about Eastern Oregon quick. I learned about that when I got here and I was like, whoa, I had my own experience. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I didn't know people feel like yeah, that. But they'll you know sure what? eat at a Taco Bell. They're what? They'll sure eat at a Taco Bell. They eat at a Taco Bell. They celebrate Cinco de Mayo, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They do all. They do I all went, of that. I remember and, I went to Eastern Oregon because I had business down there and stopped off at a Taco Bell. And I'm like, "Ooh, okay, let me get my." I walk in there and I felt like I walked into a lion's den. I didn't see any person of color and everybody looking at me, and I was like, "Dang, how should I? Should I slowly walk back out the door?" Do I order? What am I? I mean, my alerts were up and I've never, I've never experienced that ever. I, you know, I, I thinking you go to Taco Bell, you see all kinds of different people. But that goes, you think, but think about now that's interesting point is when we talk about, I'm just going to say black for, for lack of better terms, but people of color, the psychology, as far as like, paranoia right Mm -hmm. 
how do we discern what if, if we're having this little paranoia or not? Because mm-hmm. a lot of it does reflect on our biases as well. Like, you know, like what? Like, I don't see anybody that looks like me. So that must mean I'm in Eastern Oregon. One of y'all must be the Grand Dragon or something, <laughs> Grand Wizard in here. You know what I mean? Like yeah. our biases. Because here's the psychology of it. When you go into a room, or at least when I go into a room, I scan it to see who's safe. Mm-hmm. And typically, for me, safe is a person of color, female person of color, female person of color, female. Per- that's the first. After that, then comes any person of color, <laughs> and then after that will be, well, I don't know if it would be white female or male female or male white. I don't know. So just. Yeah, as soon as I see a female of color in the room, I'll be like, oh, okay, sister, I got you. Me and you, we know, yeah, let, let me go introduce myself. So look, it might be like one of them get out moments then if, if you see a, a, if you see one sister, you might need to, you know, flash the camera in her eyes or something. You don't know, you know, you right, might that's be like, right. you, you just don't know, but, I, but that's the psychology of it because, you know, our brains go to what is safe, what we feel is safe. And when I walked in there, I was like, I don't see anybody here. So, you know, and you're right. That's that un um, that unwarranted fear, mm-hmm. you know, which is in that flight, flight or freeze mode. I'm not thinking, okay, Sylvia, calm yourself down. Big deal. Nobody's doing anything. My mind just went to, oh, I'm in danger. Uh, what am I going to do here? Order or back out? But it's about culture too. Like, I mean, I'm going back to culture. Like, yeah, you walk in and you see somebody, is you might you either gonna hear howdy or you gonna hear like what's up, bro, or what's mm, up, you know, done. like, right? So in your head you're thinking like, what is, what is this? And I think, yeah. let's to to tie it into the racism. I was having a conversation with some coworkers once, right? Now, just for FYI, I was married. My my ex wife is was a white woman. Right, she's a German white lady, and um, I was having a conversation with my coworkers, and you know, we were just talking. They were white, I was black, and they happened to all have been in an interracial relationship themselves mm-hmm. at some point in their life. And they asked me, "Hey, would you ever, would you ever marry a white woman again, or ever marry a white woman again?" I said, "No, I would not," and they were like that's racist right and i was like hmm no it's not racist and i was like it's a matter of my preference and my culture like even with my ex-wife it was like trying to like put a circle in a square hole you know what i mean like it was never comfortable it wasn't like you can she could just be herself around and it's like her own psychology kicked in Mm -hmm. with my wife black woman it's like she's been here for 30 years. It just clicks like that. You know what I mean? And there is no problem. And um, like we're hurt with my ex-wife's family. You go to see them and they'd be like, you go to dinner or something or a barbecue. They'd be like, every, everybody in the family is asking like, so what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. like, what do you do for a living? Right. And I'm like, I'm not used to this because my family, they'd be like, yo, grab a plate. Like, what's up? Let's dance, <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and, my, and my, my wife, my current wife, she was more like, yo, I was like, trust me, don't worry. My family won't ask you what you do. And when she visited for the first time, we got back on the plane. She was like, yo, 
they didn't even ask me what I did for a living. I was like, I know. Because that, that, that doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Like, our culture was to welcome you as a family member because I love you. Mm-hmm. I cared about you. And they felt the same way. Unless you showed them otherwise, they can care less what you did for a living. Mm-hmm. You yeah. could have been a stripper or whatever. Anything you, you know, you could have been anything you wanted. But I don't think they would have cared. As long as, you treat, as long as you treat my son good. Right. So it is a matter of culture because, um, I mean, race... I know we talked about this before. Race is important, but it is a matter of culture because I'm going to go to that example with Centoria Brown, you know, the black girl who killed the dude, the white dude. You know about that, Tori? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the documentary, if you watch the documentary, her mom is white. Yeah. But her mom got gold teeth. She got the slang, right? You could tell she grew up in that kind of environment, right? And she could probably be in that culture and be accepted and be receptive of it than if somebody was coming from Lowerhurst or Beaverton or wherever, you know, a, a kind yeah. of person that grew up in an environment, Jesuit high school. I don't know much about Portland, but I'm just throwing out some <laughs> stuff that are, you know, they go into those cultures and they'd be like, what is this? I cannot function in this. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Even though they might say they want to, Right. They want to, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then when they do experience it, they blow it all out. of. You know what I mean? Like you ever seen some of these people go to like a, a soul food restaurant or something like that? <laughs> they sit down, they drink. The first thing they get is iced tea. And they drink. Oh, my God. Your mama must be black as hell back there. You know, your mom must be putting her foot back in. Oh, my God. You used to tell her that this lemonade, this iced tea is so good. They just over exaggerate it. You know what I mean? Oh, these greens are so good. Like, damn, you never had no greens before. When everybody else you know is like, eh, yeah, it's all right. Come on, man. We do this all the time. So it's a matter of experiencing a culture that these that they don't know anything about. And people say, well, what about white culture? I'm like, what about it? What's the difference? We are the salt of the earth. People of color are the salt mm-hmm. of the earth. There are more of us than there are of them, believe it or not. And every continent that has people mm-hmm. of color on it has a distinct culture. I mean, distinct culture mm-hmm. that everybody has dove into, especially in America. Like, if it wasn't for people of color, there wouldn't be this America, right. period. Mm-hmm. It just it is impossible. Mm-hmm. It'd be like visiting um, a place like Australia or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you just wouldn't. You'd be like, what the hell is this? Like, this is as whitewashed as it gets. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what, what it is, so... Wow. Well, uh, should we take a break and then maybe do some stories or just take a break in general? Alex got stories. You got a story for us, right, Alex? I got I got a story. Yeah, I got a I got a story. I probably got more than one. Okay, well that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So let's take a quick break. Um and then we'll come back with some stories. How about that? Okay. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back. What do you bring to the table? All right, we're back from our little break. Um, Use the bathroom, got something to drink. Um, We're ready to jump back into it with Alex Jones, the Alex Jones. Black Alex Jones. Black Alex Jones. Um, So we were talking on the break, Alex, a little bit about um, you being Muslim. And um, clearly, we know you don't speak for every Muslim in the world. But I think it's a perspective that, you know, we haven't had on this podcast yet, you know. And I think it's a perspective that a lot of folks out there um, misunderstand. 
uh, clearly, you know, you probably ask average American, white American about Muslim and they're going to say, oh, that's a terrorist. And, you know, all the fucking bullshit. Right. What cell does he belong to? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's the Al Qaeda. Um, right. You know, so um, I guess I just want to jump into it with you to just kind of go into a little bit about like uh what does it mean for you to be muslim what would you like people to know um you know like you said in the break we could go hours on this but let's just i'm just gonna let you have it well thank you i i really appreciate y'all you know asking about that and giving me a little bit of a platform to talk about it um i think it's important and relevant to a lot of issues um but uh for me you know being a muslim is a, it, it it's just as much as my identity as being black african-american for me um you know, and 9-11 changed a whole lot of stuff in America mm -hmm. when it came to um, Muslims and, and what people think about Islam. Um, the truth is, um, and I kind of want to use this, like... Well, can we start off with, because you had mentioned you didn't grow up. Oh, yeah, okay, we can start there. Yeah, so like your yeah. journey, how did you get well, to? Oh. Wow. And then you're so, going to be the, the most racist person ever. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So I grew up Christian um, in southern Louisiana. I mean, grandma wake you up on Sundays, sticking your pocket full of peppermints and, <laughs> you know, giving you 11 cents to put in the collection plate. I had all that. You know what I mean? Great. She made us sing in the choir, go to Bible study, Sunday school. We did all that. You know what I mean? We didn't enjoy it all the time as kids because we wanted to do other things. But right. I had a rearing and a structure from that in my life that always has been with me um so i grew up christian and um i was in the military when this happened i was young when i actually like left the church christianity i think i was like 22 or something like that mm -hmm. maybe 21 or 22 and i was at a bible study right i was at a bible study and i don't want to be on a rabbit hole but i'm just tell you what happened mm -hmm. i was yeah. in a bible study and all of a sudden there was a lady older much older lady than me she started talking about islam and she was just like oh muslims are bad people they're terrorists they don't even believe in the same god we do they don't believe that jesus is the messiah and all this stuff right and when she said that muslims don't believe that jesus is the messiah in my mind i'm like what is she talking about so i raised my hand and i said hey i got a question i said if you think that about muslims that muslims don't believe that jesus is the messiah i was like well what do you think about the jews yeah and this there was someone who was a leader of that group. I'm never going to forget. She slammed her hand on the table, right? Leaned forward towards me. And she said, we are not going to talk about God's chosen people. And that was the, and I was like, I don't get it. So I left the church. I never went back after that. Like I never went back to church mm -hmm. in oh, that yeah. sense. Yeah. So for me, the reason why I was confusing, cause I was like, well, if God, if the Jews are God's chosen people, where does that put me? Like what, mm. what happens for me? You know what I mean? Like, what, where's my salvation at, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if the Jews can do all this stuff mm -hmm. according to what we've been reading, and these are the people that God is going to save, what about me? Mm -hmm. So I, I went on this journey um, actually trying to find everything wrong with religion, all of them, that, especially the three major ones. I, I was trying to nitpick the Bible, the Quran, the Torahs. I was all over the place, right? And I ended up getting deployed to a country, and I had a interpreter who was assigned to me. And he was from Sudan, right? He was a black mm. guy from Sudan. He was African, basically. And he, I used to watch him pray. And I used to make a lot of fun of this guy. 
you know, I thought it was a joke. I was like, <laughs> look at this guy. He looks stupid, right? Yeah. So um, I never knew much about Islam during that time besides that, hey, these are the bad guys that are wanting to kill us, basically. Yeah. So during this, this deployment, we had a small library that was shutting down. They was closing this library down, and they were giving away tons and tons and tons of books. So I went to the library, and I happened to pick up two Qurans that I still have to this day. One of them is laying around here. There was small kind of hand-sized pocket mm -hmm. size. They were beautiful books, brand new. Didn't know nothing about it. I was like, oh, I'm going to ship these back home. So I shipped them back home. As years went on, I would look in them, look in them. And I'm like, boy, this don't make no sense. I don't know nothing about it. You know, it just didn't <laughs> sound right. Yeah. So anyways, about mm, after the deployment, I would say about four years after that, I started having some real just just funky feelings about white people mm -hmm. right based on some conversation and experiences and i was just and then the media was really getting to me there was still there was police brutality it was shootings black people died so i was in the, all of that right and i'm like you know what i'm about to go on a full-fledged revolution <laughs> against all if you don't look like me you, that's it don't mm -hmm. come around me you know don't say nothing to me and i really was gonna really just judge people by the way they looked that's racist in my right. and I ended up exploring the story of Malcolm X and um, again I didn't have no inclination of Islam and I Malcolm X is one of my favorite characters in the world he was very militant super intelligent right mm -hmm. he was part of the nation of Islam which by the way Another misconception is that everybody that's black is not with the nation of Islam. <laughs> that's not the same thing. So a lot of people, especially white people, make that assumption that if you're a black Muslim, you with the nation of Islam. Mm -hmm. That is not true. I can explain that later. But anyways, the story of Malcolm was so compelling because here this man was fighting every kind of injustice in America, right? Finally, he takes his, his pilgrimage to Mecca, which for educational purposes as Muslims, we have to we have to take that pilgrimage once in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. You can take it more, but you have to do it once if you're able to, to Mecca. Well, Malcolm X goes to Mecca and he writes a letter back to the nation of Islam, which is publicized. And I'm going to actually do a show on my podcast where I read it. But oh. Malcolm X goes to Mecca and he writes a letter back to the nation of Islam. He says, wait a minute, I'm here with the blue eyed blonde haired Muslim, mm -hmm. the Chinese Muslim, the uh, the, the the Indian Muslim mm -hmm. and we're all Muslims and we're praying to the same God and even a white man has given me his bed mm. in this hotel room to sleep in something that would never happen in America mm. right so he was so compelled so he moved more over to what we call the Sunni way of practicing Islam which some people call the orthodox way mm -hmm. yeah right he was assassinated a year within a, less than a year later of that mm. right so mm -hmm. there was you couldn't really see the fruit of what he could have done in the world done. Yeah. done based on his new revelation. And he admitted yeah. in the letter, he was like, I had an open mind and I am the one to admit when I can change my perspective. Right. So anyways, explored the story of Malcolm X. It compelled me. So I started reading the Quran and I'm like, wow, wow. And I read it and I realized that the thing that really drew me, drew me to Islam was, and this is nothing against any other religion, but remember the story I told you about the Jews and being God's chosen people. Yeah. In the Quran, it says over and over when it speaks to people, it says, oh, mankind. Yeah. Right? It continuously says, oh, mankind, I created you from a single person, Adam. Mm -hmm. Right? 
made from Adam Eve, like, and you see, it's almost like showing your lineage, like, dang, like we are all, we're all yeah. the same species, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that did something to me. And long story short, I became a student of Islam and I'm, you know, I never grew up around Muslims at all. I sought them out and then I took what's called the Shahada, the confession of faith, and I became a Muslim and mm -hmm. I started practicing and still to this day, I'm a student, but I practice every day. Um, pray five times a day. Um, I try not to let anything interfere, but there have been times where I've missed prayers. Uh, I make them up. So I, I came into Islam solely by myself, and I want to make sure that people understand why this is a big identity for me, because when you heard politicians and so many people say, Islam means peace. You ever heard that before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. Islam means peace. Yeah. I, not, no, I haven't heard that. Oh, but yeah. you, all I hear is uh, Islam, Muslim, terrorist, you know. Right. I, but I'm yeah. saying, like, people that may be trying to apologize for Islam, you hear, I mean, Barack Obama said it over and over. Yeah. He says, Islam means peace. George Bush said yeah. it, right? Yeah. But Islam does not mean peace. It means submission. Mm -hmm. It's a derivative of the word of peace, right? Salam is peace. Mm -hmm. Islam means submission. Mm -hmm. And a Muslim... It's one who submits. Mm. Oh. That's what that means. So even as a Muslim, we believe that Jesus was a Muslim because did he not submit to God? Yes. God's will, right? Yeah. We believe that. So I always like to bring it up because people kind of get this this condition in that Islam means something. No, it means submission. And yeah. a Muslim is one who submits. That's what that means in Arabic. Mm. Wow. And the word Allah... <laughs> Huh? That is not what comes out. Like that is not what this media portrays. You know. I, I know the media. Infidels. The media, blah, blah, blah. The media. The media are whores. That's how I'm gonna <laughs> say that. But you know, and even here's a here to blow your mind, Sylvia. We were talking about this offline, but the word Allah. Yeah. Arabic word, right? So when people in the media and people or people that portrayed in the media are any. Everybody that doesn't know about Islam, they think we're talking about a whole different guy, right? right? Mm -hmm. They think we're talking about somebody right. different. Mm -hmm. The word al means the in Arabic. La means God. So you put those words together, what does that say? The God. The God. Yeah. The God, meaning like the creator right. of the entire universe. Mm -hmm. so and what does the Bible always define? God. God. The God. It is Right. That's what Alpha, that means. Omega, right. and everything. Called by many names, and Allah is on there. So when you say Allahu Akbar, that means God is the greatest above everything. No wow. person, no nothing. So in, in Islam, we say God has no partners, no nothing. It's God alone, right? Yeah. So when you look at that, what will blow your mind is if you went to any Middle Eastern country that spoke Arabic, and they were Christians, mm -hmm. and you went inside their church, and they praise and worship is is praising God, and they talking about God, and you hear Allah, mm. who, or you hear Allahu Akbar. Yeah, American Christians will lose their freaking mind because they would think that they're talking about. And this no, this is their language. Right. So it's a matter of language. Like, yeah. did the Jews call God Allah, or did the Jews call God God? Right. They mm -hmm. call him something else, right? Yeah. So Yahweh. Yeah. Right. So you see the difference in the languages. Yes. The Quran says that Allah has created us as nations and tribes to know each other, not to despise each other. This right. is all God's plan that we're all different. That's not a coincidence. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, 
so yeah, so I didn't grow up Muslim. That's how I end up in a nutshell coming to Islam. Um, but Islam is my form of peace because I know that at any moment in time, I can be taken from this earth. Yeah. Right. Allah has granted me this life and Allah can take this life away in the snap of an eye. So when I'm being mindful of that, especially during my prayer, it gives me peace. I'm like, look, none of this stuff in the world of coronavirus, hmm. being broke, uh, mm-hmm. stress at work, you know, the interest rates. I don't <laughs> care about that stuff for that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just come to peace that I have to leave this earth. And for me, it's just a pit stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Islam brings a peace. Now, here's the thing. Islam is a way, there's a political aspect to it, right? With every, you know. With everything, but more definitely more so with Islam because it's a comprehensive way of life when you start hearing things like the Sharia law and all that stuff, right? It scares the hell out of people, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, for example, one that you're very familiar with, um, the hijab, right? Like, let's mm-hmm. say, you know, hey, you know, women should dress modest and cover up. Some people say, oh, my God. I'm a, let me put it in perspective for you because we all have different sides of it, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to hear some people say, wow, you're really oppressing, you know, Islam oppresses those women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's a woman's choice to wear hijab, first mm-hmm. of all. She can dress modest, but she doesn't have to wear a hijab, right? Mm-hmm. However, people get it screwed up and they say, oh, you are oppressing these women. Now, here's the case. As a man, when we see booty and titties and all that, right? Yeah. We are stimulated. I got it. Yeah. I was in Miami last year, right? You probably know why I was there. But I was in Miami last year, and let me tell you, I was stimulated. You hear me? <laughs> and something, listen, I couldn't, I, my eyes couldn't stay straight. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, oh my. Got to pray. Yes. My, my, the people that were with me was like, man, you need to go clean. Like, I couldn't concentrate. But here's, you know what happened? South Beach on Ocean Avenue. I kid you not, there were three Muslim sisters wearing hijab, right? On South Beach. Yeah. They look so out of place. Yeah. But I had to meditate on that moment. I was like, people looking at them like they're out of place. Yeah. Right? Like they're peculiar or different. Mm-hmm. But if I'm stimulated by all this, all this ass and right. titties, what it's doing to me, it makes I got a wife at home. Like, do I really need to be looking at season? Like, right. this is what now these these urges and temptations and things are coming into my head, right? Right. Here's what I discovered when I went when I came to Islam. I'm not gonna kid you not. When I started being around Muslim women that wear hijab, yeah. I I never I was like, wow, hello, beautiful sister. Like the conversation yeah. was great. I'm never looking not at very like, sexualized. Not even close. And people look, guys, I don't care if you're Muslim, Krishna, you lying if you are not if you're not thinking about women in that way. Right. I don't care if you're single, man, you are a lion. You right. know what I mean? If you're not looking at women in that way, and that's natural, but it's been prescribed on us that we got to lower our gaze, which yeah. is very hard to do. And for me, I'm an all or nothing guy, and Islam has helped me to try to practice those things. Like I guard my modesty as much as I can. So when, yeah. I, when I was in Miami with coworkers, I wasn't on the beach with my shirt off and all this, and it was like, don't you want to like take it? Why you got your shirt on? I'm like, cause I'm, I wanted to have my shirt. You know, I don't, I feel like I don't need to expose all my stuff. Like why don't you show my little, my little man bod, you know, my little dad bod. And it's not, it's not because I'm hot. You know, I don't need to take the clothes off. So 
it taught me a different perspective and it, it teaches me to be at peace with a lot of things, but yeah, a lot of discipline around a lot of urges that men have, a lot of urges to get involved in the things that the world is telling me that I should be in. You know yeah. what I mean? And my thing is always like, if you were really like, cause I, uh, on our podcast, I get on these evangelicals, they call evangelicals. Um, you know, I'm like, if, if Christians were actually following Jesus, you know, and Jesus's words and you know, we wouldn't be in messes that we're in now. Like, you know, we wouldn't be having kids in cages. We wouldn't be talking about Black Lives Matters. You know, we wouldn't be talking about police brutality or whatever. We would be in a better, better, better state if we have the mentality of, you know, loving each other, um, giving each other grace, you know, accepting where we're at, non-judgmental. Because that's, you know, for as Christians, that's exactly what Jesus Christ was. He was non-judgmental. He was probably, and I tell my my own pastor this, Jesus would have been considered a liberal. Let's just put it that way. Because he was, you know, he was very much so just accepting everybody. Yes, uh, I, I I agree with you. However, we can't, we, we definitely can't shy away that Jesus had standards, you know, according to what we believe and what we've read. Jesus had some standards now, like, you know, there were things that when it comes to the worship and or the belief, you know, Jesus had standards. So, yes, I think people will label him as a hippie, so to speak. Um, but that's a whole different conversation of how how Muslims believe, because, you know, Muslims and, and Christians, the people that start the conversations, the contention is between always Muslims and Christians, you know, um, but people never even examined the Judaism side of it. Yeah. If we all come from this, this Abraham religion, right? Right. When Abraham existed before Moses, he existed right. before Jesus and he existed before Muhammad. So that's an interesting perspective because if you go see how Jews pray, it's very similar to the way Muslims pray, right? Very similar in a lot of instances, yeah. but some reason in our society, we don't talk about that. You know why? because of what is in the news to this day. What happened, what, the other day with Deshaun Jackson, the, the Giants um, football player? I don't know if you guys read it. No, so, I missed it. What stories. happened? I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to mesh all this in together. He was, I mean, he was saying some stuff that Hitler said, right? I know it's crazy. Whoa. But what he was saying about how Hitler was talking about how black people, I'm trying to like, he was saying that pretty much black people, people of color, are the 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 chosen people hmm. right and that, oh yeah yeah and that the the zionist see people when i say zionist i'm talking about i ain't talking about jewish people yeah. i'm talking about people who are pretending to be jews that's who hitler was talking about he's like they don't want black people to know who they really are hitler said this, this is what deshaun jackson brought up right yeah. and it was interesting because guess what happened they wore his butt out and there's something called the Anti-Defamation League, mm -hmm. you know, that if you're the word anti-Semitic comes, comes, starts to come out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he ended up apologizing for something. I think he was misunderstood, even to the point to where now he gets and he has to sit with some rabbi and get educated, which he mm -hmm. should have, because that could be very offensive to Jewish people. Mm -hmm. But just like in the workplace, when people say, oh, I feel threatened, or I feel offended. Right. The same thing happens with when you hear the word anti-Semitic, yeah. because guess what? Black, if anybody 
are Semitic people is black people yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. So I think the culture and the socialization of us as people as a whole, black and whites, whoever, they make us believe all this stuff. The same construct of racism is the same thing with religion. So to wrap it up back to Islam, I cannot, because of my faith, and that's probably why I try to look at it all different sides and be neutral, because I cannot go around with, I have biases, but I have to check them and be like, wait a minute this person might be a person that could save my life or might be my best friend. We have, trust me, we, I go to a predominantly African-American mosque. We have mm -hmm. white Muslims in there. We have Asian Muslims in there, black, African, Somalian, you know, the whole continent mm -hmm. of Africa is in there. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you see somebody that look out of place, you're like, hold up, bro. <laughs> you, you know, because as, as Muslims, you are, there are distinct things that we do when we enter our places of worship, right? Yeah. And if you're not a Muslim and you don't do them, you're like, wait a minute, what you a CIA, FBI, or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Or you must be a you must be a day one Muslim because there are yeah. things that are very peculiar to us that we do when we go in. So it's 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 you still be on guard and you're like, I wonder who's trying to come up in here now, mm. right? Yeah. Based on that. But Islam is a, a way of peaceful submission to God, the creator of the universe who created us all, and the, the idea of death always keeps me grounded knowing that you know we we have the 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 quran says to allah we belong and to allah we shall return mm -hmm. there's there's nothing else you're going to get out of this life but that at the end of the day you got to die hmm. right Once you believe in that hereafter you're gonna die right you know the quran says and i'm and i'm not trying to preach y'all i'm sorry i'm going to show the quran talks about it which is crazy it gives this whole and it's a science book too it gives this whole thing about being created from sperm and turning into the embryo and all this stuff. It talks about this in depth. And then it says, and then you will die. Hmm. That's true. Right. That's all you got. And then you would die. So, you know, regardless of people thinking that now, uh, don't get me wrong. If people look at the terrorism that has been committed, not every Muslim is a terrorist, but I guess for some people, most of the terrorist attacks have been done by Muslims. Right. You see, like, I guess you can see it that way. Um, but we're not, it's too deep and complicated to even go into, but there's racism in Islam. And I don't know if y'all want me to even mention that, but as a black African-American Muslim, I can be, you know, I've been treated totally different and disrespected by a Muslim brother who is black like me, but from a different country, like Somalia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? They treat be different it's more like well we were born muslim and this is you know blah blah, mm. blah. Mm -hmm. and who are you as a american muslim or american black person to come in come into this religion so but i know the teachings of islam and that's not what islam teaches right. and that's the same you know again with christianity same thing like you will have fanatics you will have people that and but then again i think that's just the twisted way of how uh when you start putting uh, the humanism, the power, the whatever into it, then it starts to distort. Mm -hmm. you know, we always, we always going to have our free will and we're always going to be greedy. Right. You know, and vengeful and stuff like that and looking for right. power. And that's how we restructure things. Um, I mean, I try not to, I really don't try to get into debates with people about religion. Yeah. In Islam, it teaches there's no compulsion in religion. You be your yeah. way. I'm going to be mine. At the end of the day, I'm responsible for myself. You know, from Vancouver, you know, the Fisher's Landing. 
yeah. bus stop up here. Mm -hmm. There's a fisher's landing bus stop that I would catch when I first got here. I would catch it and I would catch it across the park roads, right? Mm -hmm. And I was reading a little small Quran one day and there was this big old lady sitting in front of me and she just kept staring at me, right? She's sitting in front of me and I just kept doing this because I was tired and I heard her lean over to one of the girls was like, what is he reading? And the girl was like, he's reading the Quran. So I opened my eyes, I look up and this lady's like, she's like looking at me like mm. this. And she was like, what are you reading? I said, the Quran. And she, this is the first thing she says to me. She's like, what you got in your backpack? No, <laughs> she probably said, you got a bomb in there? she was more like, what? You don't believe in Jesus? You don't believe in God? Mm. And she started, and I was like, in fact, I do, I do believe in Jesus. Like you, you know, you're obviously misinformed and I don't really want to debate with you, but she, Followed me, even in Park Rose, followed me around, Whoa. you know, antagonizing me, asking, I'm like, like ma'am, look, at the end of the day, I'm concerned about myself. You know, I believe in the religion of Islam. If you don't accept that, that's fine. I can only give you a message. If you don't accept it, that's cool. You know what I mean? So I've had those kind of moments where I'm like, I think the ignorance is what keeps people afraid. Yeah. yeah. You know, when people don't know something, they make you, they, they're afraid of it. You know, it's like, well, what is this? Now, don't get me wrong. There's some things in Islam that, certain groups or peoples or cultures they just won't agree with because it's not their way of life, you know? So if, 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 if people disagree with a woman wearing a hijab, of course they're going to be like, I believe in showing my titties and my ass, you know? Right. I, I'm a freak, you know, I'm free. Fine, you can do that. That's your thing. Right. But there's a, there's a reason why, you know, we should protect our modesty. <laughs> there's a whole reason why for that. And it's not just about men's temptations either. But, um, so yeah, so that's how how I came to Islam and all the intricacies of it. You got any other questions about that? I can I'll be glad to elaborate. Tori, well you've been kind of quiet. What's up? Um, no, I mean it, I, I'm just I'm just listening. Um, uh, it what kind of what you what you both are saying, you know, Sylvie being Christian, you being Muslim. Um, it it just kind of reminds me. A few years ago, I watched this documentary. It's called With One Voice. I don't know if you've seen it. Maybe, that it was on Netflix? Uh, it was on Netflix, yeah, when I watched it. I don't know if it's, I mean, it was It was like four or five years ago or more now, actually. Um, I mean, I stumbled across it, and so, you know, me being what I call eclectically spiritual, um, I'm always interested in hearing why people believe what they believe, you know, religions, where they come from, those kind of things. But the basic uh, uh, message from this documentary was that, Generally speaking, all religions break down to simple things, right? Love one another, be kind, forgiveness, you know, um, humility. And that if um, it talked about how if just a certain percentage of the religions throughout the world got together and worked together, it would literally shift the global way of doing things. And and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it was in, essentially was saying you could change the world, right? And I mean, they had yeah. everything had from from rabbis to preachers to pastors to Buddhist monks to every you know religion, and and it, and it all came down to, and they all agreed, like, yeah, basically we, we want to be kind to one another, we want to love, you know, you know, from the Buddhist perspective, we want loving kindness for others, right? Um, mm -hmm. So. It's interesting how society and the constructs of society will twist and manipulate a religion for for a message, right? For uh, a way to either demonize someone or to, you know, uphold someone, right? 
and and we've seen that with with the with the the Islam and and the Muslim faith is that after 9/11 in our country especially we have just twisted the perception mm-hmm. to be that is the enemy right so mm-hmm. i'm thinking about that that experience you had with that lady you know in her brain her conditioning has been oh you're the bad one you're mm-hmm. the danger you're the risk and how even closed off she was to even hearing something different because it is so ingrained into the construct of our society to demonize the Muslim um, faith. And, and but, it's fucked up. I mean, it's... You know. But the thing is, the truth is, too, Dory, that there are extremists. Absolutely. In every faith. In every faith. faith. In right. every faith. There's, there's, right. there's a history of Buddhist monks killing other Buddhist monks. Right. Right. There's right. Christian, uh, you know, genocide, you know, and that, you know, that's the thing. It's like any faith could take their religion and use it for whatever purpose they want it for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, kind of what I hear you explaining is that this is your grounding. This is how you ground. This is how you um, remain, uh, you know, open to others because you, like, as you were saying, you were on a track where, like, you know, <laughs> I'm going after the white people, <laughs> like, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um no, I just, it's just, it, that was kind of what my thoughts were as you guys were kind of talking about that is that it is very interesting how um, we as a world, we as a society, so, world society can really twist things in order to other, another, mm-hmm. you know. And, and the thing is, we got to understand that we are not going to agree on everything. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, the funny thing is how we are structured, like, if you think about it, if you got some, I'm going to just say conservative Christians, right? I guarantee if you sit a conservative Christian in a room with a Muslim, when they're going to walk out of there with some of the same, they're going to agree on a lot of same viewpoints, right? Yeah. And they're going to be like, but I hate you because you're, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're going to think that, and they, they won't even, they would they would have to be faced to challenge that, that particular bias. But if you sit conservative Christians in with, or any Christian really in a room with a Muslim and y'all look at, let's say the big issues and you see where you agree and disagree, a lot of people are going to be like, wow, we actually agree a lot on the same things. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, we're going to dis- we can't agree on every single thing. You know, I'll give you like the world is changing, right? Like I give people this example all the time. And, and, and I think, uh, uh Sylvia kind of talk about this too, regardless of your belief system, right? You, should never be harmful or disrespectful to someone else, right? I'm going to give you a really good example. Um, I don't prefer, for me, my personal lifestyle, the LGBTQ lifestyle, right? I just don't. That's just my personal preference. Um, And I am not going to attack a person that's in the LGBT community because they have that right or whatever they want to do, right? It becomes harmful like, for example, I had an experience. Somebody was like, hey, you want to march in the pride parade with us or whatever, right? And I'm like, no, you know, I don't, it's not my thing. What are you, homophobic? I'm like, no, I'm not homophobic. That means I would have to be afraid of gay people, and I'm not. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is just my preference. So I said, well, if, if I march in the pride parade with you, would you be willing to um, fast and pray with me and declare your your faith as a Muslim and, and fast and pray during the month of Ramadan? Would you be willing to do that? It says, I get it. I understand what you're saying. That's what the person said to me. 
They say, oh, I understand what you're saying. I was like, see, it's not my preference, but it becomes harmful if I attack you. If I go out to that pride parade and start protesting, right, and being nasty to these people, that's when it becomes harmful. Because guess what? If that community showed up to our mosque, talking about protesting, it'd be an incident that the community definitely doesn't want. So it's like you, when it becomes harmful to people and disrespectful, that's when, to me, you're over the line. Because at the end of the day, that person is not affecting my individual life, my individual peace, right? If you want to get out on the street and you want to be LGBTQ or whatever you want to be, and I don't prefer that, it's okay. I can still work with you. I can still treat you with respect. I can still treat you with dignity. I will never disrespect you, you know? But it becomes harmful when someone, based on their bias, to attack me just because they think that I don't like them. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the problem. Like, someone thinks, oh, well, he's, people make horrible assumptions. Oh, well, he's Muslim, so he must not like women. Like, what? Why would I be married to one? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Why would I be married to one? And I treat her with, oh, God, I'm scared of her, actually. <laughs> uh, I, she she look at me crazy. I'll be like, uh, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm sorry, babe. You as it I mean? should but, be, Alex. Yeah, as it should be. As it yeah. should be. So I treat her with all the respect. You know what I mean? And she, if I say something slick or sly, she'd be like, hey, bro. Uh, one, I'm not your coworkers. I'm not your buddies or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she has that thing about her where she demands respect, and we have great communication. But I think the misconception is that we're out here doing something that they have conceptualized in their head they're saying well muslim men don't like women and that is like that's the one that really grind my gears because i'm like have you lived with any i'm not saying we don't have problems in our community but have you been have you lived with a muslim man who's taking care of his family treating his wife with respect there's a lot of them many of them and most of them Mm -hmm. right but they're not getting a chance to experience that they just go off for whatever the media tells them to right you know what i mean so i think we all have a lot to learn and i don't think anybody that believes they don't have i don't feel like sylvia you need to explain to me why you believe what you believe or tori you don't have to explain to me and i don't have to explain to you you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. why should i have to explain it we try to explain everything right hey i'm a muslim this is what i believe and i'm a guy yeah and i think that the problems come in when i try to you know when if say if i'm in a power position that then I'm putting, asserting my beliefs into those policies, mm-hmm. which is what we see happen all the time, which, and we've talked about that, you know, here is because I'm Christian, I personally, most likely, and I say most likely, because I don't know, would never have an abortion because that's, that's my personal, right? I was going to bring that up, but. Right. However, I- and I, when I say most likely, because there's lots of scenarios mm-hmm. where I might be like, I might have to, you right. know, but I'm not going to put my beliefs on somebody else and make those choices for them. Because at the end of the day, like you said, it's all about uh, the ability to choose. And that's what uh, my hope is anybody who's involved in the faith, that they know that if they're in a faith that says you have no choices, you have to do it this way, that way. Ooh, you might be in a cult. Mm-hmm. A, a good faith allows you to make choices and allows you to be, uh, to grow with your relationship with your higher power. So it's interesting you say that. That's why I brought it up earlier about um, the lady. How, 
know how Islam has an also a political um a political way of life as well right. based on the history and how it came about and how it was structured so when you hear like how to explain it when people come into what we say the fold of yeah. Islam right they you know there may be some things that they may disagree yeah. with let's say but the 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 aim of Islam based on how it how it came about was it was built on a community right so everybody in this community if you became muslim and you 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 did that faith then we all operated this way right and some people say oh you might say oh that's a cult that's a cult and guess what i was one of the people that crucified islam for that same reason right i was like what what are you talking about you know you got to do this this that and the other and then when i realized the disorder how much disorder i had outside of islam or whatever disorder because if if anybody knows any history about islam it came during the dark ages when people were burying their their daughters alive right right they were burying their daughters alive they was doing all this crazy stuff and when islam came you can read in the quran where it talks about cuz i didn't even have no reference when i was a student i was like why would they be telling people not to bury their daughters that doesn't make sense yeah. why would you say that so it was that's that would be considered sharia law yeah. like do not right. you cannot bury your daughters alive so of course is ancient as right. hell right it's not going to my point is anything. but you could leave if you wanted to you could leave if you wanted to that's what you, that's what i'm saying that did you have that choice that and nobody's you, saying if you leave we're tracking you down and we're <laughs> we're going to make sure you don't leave now time for another day but when you see when you look at places like Iran, Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. now you're going to get into something that's um it's very very intricate and deep. Where you can't um huh? Where you can't Not so much can't leave but the way God, I wish I could explain it but it's so it's too long to explain. Basically, yeah. when you look at how a lot of uh teachers or scholars have twisted things yeah to benefit them that is very very catastrophic to the human being you would see like why would they do that you know what i mean yeah like, nobody else is following but they would do that so yeah. you, it's too much to kind of tackle but if you can see that there's some i would say some discrepancies in how you know a, a sunni muslim would operate and believe as opposed to you go to our an, an iran regime or saudi arabian regime mm-hmm. for that thing i mean think about it that's our holy land right yeah but we probably wouldn't mention Saudi Arabia if it wasn't our holy land because they have some of the most catastrophic um human rights violations known to mankind right we we know that on record mm-hmm. and it comes back to say see here's the critical thinking part maybe my conspiracy too but <laughs> you also have to ask yourself well if if this Saudi Arabia that we know if you think about 9/11 most of them was from where Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. so they tell us right mm-hmm. they have all these human rights violations why did the united states do a 100 billion dollar weapons deal with a nation like that mm-hmm. right if islam is truly i mean you got the heart of islam the holy land of islam is saudi arabia mecca but still the united states i don't care who it was democrat republicans we are continually funding them we're continually doing deals with them but nobody's asking the question why the hell is the united states hmm. in bed with saudi arabia 
Um, they don't have, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. nobody asking well, that question. Because so, uh, America wants to profess like we care about others and lives and democracy. We profess that, but ain't no history really that says, yeah, we do those things. We're all about corporations and money. That's what it is. You mm-hmm. know, Saudi Arabia has one of the biggest oil exports yeah. in the world. You That's know what right. I mean? Like, like why no, wouldn't the, the government will spin it like we're there to do some good mm-hmm. but that's a spin and that's where we're at when it comes to power when yeah. you look at who's the united states allies you got saudi arabia and israel mm-hmm. and who, who are they against iran russia and mm-hmm. china right so the goal is to destabilize that region of the world you know what i mean yeah. based and 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 what what do they use as the villain islam they mm-hmm. use they blanket it all they say islam is bad we got to eradicate it because if it's like, I mean, it sounds like you trickle that down to what's happening here. Boom. You know, with race. Right. You know, color. Hey, this section over here is bad. We got to try to get rid of them. Let's put them in prison and jails. And Yeah, ask Bill you know. Gates. That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> but, yeah, we're trying to give them the vaccines first. Listen, that is no joke. Since And this is like, I, what is it? Tori, you're the moderator here. <laughs> yeah. Is this is a segue Tori's to the stories. Tori more towards being uh, the conspiracy theorist too. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I'm just skeptical. I'm a, he- a helpful. I have a healthy skepticism of everything. Yeah, <laughs> we should talk more, Tori, because I am. I mean, besides my name being Alex Jones, like my real name, I I don't like the word conspiracy theorist, right? Because it has a bad stigma to exactly. it. Exactly. Right, and everything that I say usually Eric. has facts based on it. But it's so ridiculous to some people they can't believe, they don't even want to believe right. it. I mean, think about it. Look, look, look at how they have George Floyd died was horrible, right? But I always tell people that's the low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, during all this George Floyd stuff, they gave us a big piece of information and nobody blinked the eye. You know what they told us when George Floyd when all this stuff popped off? The CIA came and told us, hey guys, there's actual UFOs out there. That has never been said in the history. They never That's confirmed right. that. That story came out. That's right. That came out. Yes. That was for real. Yes. They told us that. And guess what? Nobody blinked the eye. We <laughs> just was on some other stuff like, I totally what, forgot guys? about that. Remember that? Yes. They came out. They ran that story for like yes. a week. Yes. They just kept saying, hey, the CIA confirms, guys, mm-hmm. there's something out there that mm-hmm. we don't know about. All this technology. See, they said this. Yeah. They never said that in history ever. Yeah. Right? It's always been, y'all don't know that. We don't have any mm-hmm. information. But they came out and said, there are UFOs out there. We don't know what these things are. And nobody blinked the eye. You know why? Because George Floyd died and we had all these things that were happening. Right. So when it comes into conspiracy, it's not a conspiracy. They just told us what was going on. And because we are humanly conditioned to look at things more so than others, we didn't blink the eye. Because here's the thing. We're naturally naturally built to be scared of what we don't know. Right, Mm -hmm. Sylvia? Yeah. So here we are. We know each other as human beings. We know they're racist cops, right? We already know this. We have the information. But right. yet, there's something that's out there that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. You know, even like we don't ask no questions. We just keep on ticking like nothing happened. Yeah. So I bring that up because I'm like, the low hanging fruit we always get. You know what I mean? And I think that's going to lead me into what I'm about to say about Bill Gates is. I ain't gonna curse on the podcast, but it leads me into Bill Gates, the Antichrist, I 
calling. If you if you don't want to curse because you choose not to curse, that's fine. But you can curse on this podcast. No, I know you. Before <laughs> I met you, before I met you, I was like, I thought it was Sylvia. I was like, Sylvia, you are just cussing up a sailor. Song. I mean, like, I'm like, I need to find. You already a way. said. You already said big butts and titties. I know so those what? aren't cuss words though. Those are that's a, those are a biological economy and stuff like that. <laughs> Were you like, damn, I need to pray for that lady. <laughs> uh, I thought it was Sylvia cutting up, man. I was like, this is crazy. But um, so Bill Gates, you know, if, if we're looking at what we bring it to the table. Yeah, let's just, bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Bring this to the table. Okay. Bill Gates here is a Forbes. Um, I should have forwarded this to y'all before I got on. But Forbes, I just happened to be drinking my coffee. This is dated June um, 23rd. So it's been a couple weeks since I saw it, mm-hmm. right? But Bill and Melinda Gates did an interview with Forbes. And in the interview, he talks about, I mean, if anybody knows, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, mm-hmm. they fund um, the pharmaceutical industry and the vaccination industry, you know, astronomically, right? They provide a lot of funding for this. They're even funding this new recent uh, coronavirus vaccination. Mm-hmm. I think it's Miravax or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whoever the company is, they're, they're they're doing that. Well, anyways, Bill Gates back in 2015 explicitly said that he wants to suppress the population, basically depopulate the earth. That's what he said. It's a TED talk. I'll try to give it to y'all to put in y'all link in y'all description where mm-hmm. people can go watch it. But people will sit. They actually sit up there and they laughed at him. People in the audience thought it was funny. So his campaign has always been through vaccinations through education and through nutrition. Those are three things, healthcare, mm-hmm. education, nutrition, mm-hmm. three things that are very, very detrimental to our existence. And yet this man has his hand and his money in it consistently. And nobody asks, how the hell is Bill Gates a common denominator in all this crap, right? Mm-hmm. So he does, he does this June 23rd article and they're talking about the vaccination. So he says about the vaccinations and I quote, he said um, that there are 60 million healthcare workers around the world, right? He said they deserve to get the vaccination first since they are the ones dealing with it on the front lines trying to keep us all safe. And then he says, and then you have to tear from there. He said, based on the countries and the populations. Now, this is where I was like, okay. He says, here in the United States, it's going to be the black people who should get it first and many of the indigenous, I, I say that right? Indigenous. Indigenous people, as well as those with underlying symptoms and the elderly people. Now, when I saw this, my head started spinning. Hmm. I'm like, here he done gave the three most victimized hmm. demographics in the history of the United States. And he says, y'all got to get the vaccination first, right? Mm-hmm. So Experimental I said- Experimental vaccination experimental vaccinations at that. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, and people have been arguing with me about this, talking about some, bro, you need to know the science. I'm like, bro, look, science and medicine has been weaponized against people of color yes. for a long time. And I brought up the syphilis experiment, the Ooh. Tuskegee experiment. That was one of the greatest examples of that, right? Mm-hmm. So here I am looking at this and I'm like, black people, I'm like, why didn't he go to China or why didn't he go to Montana or, or somewhere to to basically start this trial, right? Why did he have to go to Africa? Now, when he says black people in the United States, right? 
here's the conspiracy. Back in March, when these folks start getting on the news talking about black people are disproportionately um, affected by this virus, mm -hmm. right? You can ask my wife. I was in here screaming bloody murder because I was like, here it goes. It's starting. They're about to make us the psychology, right? They play on the psychology mm -hmm. of the victimized. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, you guys are more disproportionately affected by it, right? They're planting the seed to get to this point where they're at. So there are people that are split on both sides. When you say, oh, black people are going to get it first, some people think, well, it's about time y'all stop putting us mm -hmm. first, right? Y'all marginalize right. us so much, y'all putting us first. Mm -hmm. Why don't y'all bring us forward? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So people, there's on people on one side thinking like, oh, mm -hmm. they want to help us out, mm -hmm. right? But a person like me, I'm like, no, you about to see a disproportionate... Now, don't get me wrong. It is all... It, people think that this is uncovered disparities in healthcare. We've always had disparities in healthcare. Yes. This is not even, this has never been something new, right. right? But they're making it seem like this is something new. Right. So what you're gonna see if you haven't, you know, if people haven't researched what's called the TRACE Act um, that is stemming from this, you're gonna start seeing a lot of pop-up companies show up in the hood, mm -hmm. right? Of people in the name of the coronavirus and testing. Right now the TRACE Act has a billion dollars out there for entities, not, you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be any kind of pharmaceutical company. You can just apply for the grant, get money, start a company, go in the hood and start testing people. Mm. So we could essentially the three of us here. The three of us. Let's do it again. Let's, let's get that money. Let's get that money. Get that money. And start <laughs> testing. You can start testing, right? I mean, not right now, but yeah. you Money. And, I, and here's the thing I guarantee you there's some advanced way for people to get an advanced like I don't know what do you call it certificate or something to yeah. do this kind of work right but the thing is the people that are on the top of this that are getting the money they don't look like the people that they're going to be in the neighborhood right. they mm -hmm. might provide a few jobs right mm -hmm. but the people at the top they don't look yeah. like the people of color that's they're, gonna be in they're Betsy so, Devos they're Betsy Devos's brother they're yep. You know, Mitch McConnell's wife. All of them. Mm -hmm. They're going to be in the, And that's why I said, as soon as they said it a few months ago, I said, this is a money grab. So I've already talked to people back home where they like, well, you know, we got the corrupt, you know, you know, we, you know, if we get the Rona, we going, you know, we mow, you know how they be. They, it's like, <laughs> yeah. this thing, put like, the dang mask on. Right. So we, we, we tripping and it's like, okay, the coronavirus is real, but I don't want them to think that if there's a, if there's a fat diabetic, white person that they they you know but here's the thing our culture really is what makes us more subject to it not so much the underlining health things it's right now you can go on social media and find negroes piled up at parties mm -hmm. on the street block yeah. parties right that's what makes us more subject to it not the fact that we have these underlying in our genetic conditions they making us think that we're some kind of exclusive species that can only because look what happened Look what happened when they said that black people were more disproportionate. Anybody remember it? There was something so significant that happened. It just blew up all over the news, right? Soon as they said black people were more subject or dying from it more, guess what happened the next week? Uh, the laws that say black people, you don't need to wear a mask. That was one of them. Well, don't, don't wear a mask if you're in Lincoln City. Right. Well, not that one. Oh, uh, which one? Nation, what happened was you seen all the white people come out with their guns and stuff talking about open up the economy. Yep. That happened 
within that same week when they realize like, oh, wait a minute, I, I don't yep. think we, cause they psychology messed up too sometimes. Yep. They like, hold on. Well, if it's the Negroes, hey, open it back up. Y'all need to not, come not, with the guns yeah. to the capital. You notice nobody was pushing that way until that rhetoric came out. Mm -hmm. Once right. they found out who they thought was affected by it the most, right. they was like, wait a minute, we up in here in Redneck, we in Grant County over here. <laughs> Let's go to the state capital. <laughs> With the rifles and the guns, you know, I know it's happening in another yeah. state, but I'm giving an example. Well, wasn't it Tyson Food Company that closed? But there was a bunch of Latinos that worked in there too. That were came in, that came down with uh, Corona, um, and so they ended up having to close that pack. And then we got, um, you know, the uh, the farm workers that are like, hey, what about us? We ain't got, but no help for them. They were just I, like, keep working. And I think that's what, um, that's a, actually, that's a big piece of that. The, 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 the farmers, mm -hmm. you know, the people that may not be documented, um, that's involved with this, that's, that's affected by it. And I'm like, can you imagine you say, hey, we, we got a, a potential uh, vaccine for you. They're gonna run and flock to it because they don't want to get sick and lose work and everything else. Well, it depends on how it's set up, though, Sylvia, because oh, we know it how may, it's set up. It may also be one of those snatch and grabs, too. Send, send them to ICE and Boom. deport. You know what I mean? Like that's another, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't, I don't trust the government. We don't got well. enough vaccine for well, you. But thank you I mean, if you want to go to conspiracies. <laughs> Oh, let's go. Let's go there. <laughs> so last episode, we talked about ICE over in Ohio trying to set up these citizen academies, right? And then now you, Alex, bring in this thing about there's this money out there to set up these, uh, I don't clinics or testing or whatever, right? Imagine, right? Because, again, if the narrative is it's disproportionately affecting people of color, and there's reasons why, but they don't say that that way, right? They make it sound as if because you're a person of color, black or a person of color, you, you're, you are genetically unable to battle or you're genetically more susceptible right. to get it, right? They don't talk about the structural racism of the healthcare industry and all of that, that, it, that, that why it's disproportionate, right? So... If you, if there are the, like you're saying, when, when that narrative came out, it's almost like these white folk are like, oh yeah, well, it ain't going to mess me up. So open the, open the economy back right. up. Let me go right. get my haircut, you know, because it ain't going to, yeah. it ain't going to be me. It's going to be those right. black and brown folks over there. Right. So right. yeah, I mean, I'm all, I'm all about follow the money, right? Yes, yes. Where where is the money? And when all this, you know, when it when it first started and the testing things, I, I was watching the news around, um, you know, why can't we test? Right. Because we were looking at Europe and these other countries and they're ahead on the testing and they're testing everybody. Oh, yeah. But in but our country, we had to first get it set up with private industry of who was going to make the money off of the testing. So if you remember the press conference that the buffoon held. At that press conference was CVS Pharmacy, was Target, was um, what's the Quest Diagnostics, who does a majority of lab testing, and then whatever the LabCorp. So all of those major industries had to get signed on to provide quote unquote free testing. But they were, you know, they're getting paid, right? So they're getting paid under the government response yeah. to COVID and 
So it's all, I mean, I'm with you. It's all about yeah. find out where the money, and even Bill Gates. I always think this, is if you got that kind of money, even as philanthropist as you your PR folks try to put you, you got, you got money that we could never imagine the wealth mm-hmm. to do the things that you, you want to do, whether it's Bill Gates, whether it's DeVos, whether it's Warren Buffett, whether it's, you know, both sides of the aisle, when you have that much ultra wealth, I, I mean, to me, I'm like, there's no telling what you'll do with it. Good, bad, yeah. or ugly, right? Like, follow the money. Yeah, and it's, and, especially and it's, when you have opinions, strong opinions. Uh-huh. And you got the money to back it up, right? So, like you're saying, if if Bill Gates steps in there and says, "Oh, yes, I wanna, I wanna provide a, a, a vaccine, and I wanna fund this," why? Bill Bill is not gonna walk control. just give away his billions of dollars. Because, That's it's not gonna happen. Here's the thing, though. Like, if you think about it, that is another angle of racism mm-hmm. and not and like like if, if you really sit down and critically thought about it, it's like wait a minute actually you don't even have to think about the vaccination of the coronavirus just look at what he's doing in africa like why do you feel that black and brown people need to go through all your little experiments why mm-hmm. can't this be someone else you know what i mean yeah, i mean right. that's a long story for science another day but who gives him the right to say you know i decide i want to decide who lives who dies mm-hmm. right well and it's and, and it's I'm, I'm, yeah, like what you brought up, I don't know, I think we were talking earlier around why go to those countries because you know as a ultra-wealthy billionaire, your money, even as shitty as what you're going to do is going to be, those countries that are underdeveloped countries or developing nations are going to see those billions, millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, we can, you know, and and... And if there's any kind of corruption in the government, right? So it just seems very um, convenient. Suspect. Convenient that oh, I'll go over here to Africa and test. Mm, why? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you start here at home? I'm in the UK. Hell, shit. You know, you know like. I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it, but that's just that's the dynamic that we're dealing with. You know, when you look at, because honestly, I know. Okay, what I'm about to say. Nobody's going to agree with me, right? A lot, yeah. lot of people not going to agree with this. Sylvia's probably going to bite my head off for saying I might. I might. Listen. Trump. No. My yeah. goodness. Listen. Don't even give that man a click. He's been Look. canceled on this. Don't what even y'all? give Wait, him a get-out-of-jail-free card. Listen, it goes into what we're talking about, though. Listen. Okay. And I'm not defending I'm him. I'm listening because I I'm about to give you a, I'm about to give you a... Listening. I'm giving you just a constructive perspective, an objective perspective here. Watch this. Trump. You can't even say the name. Trump is not. um, We spend a lot of time saying Trump is a racist, right? I don't think Trump is a racist. (laughs) Trump is a cap. Oh, yeah, I know. Listen, let me finish before y'all bite my head off. Trump is a capitalist. Yeah. Yeah, now Trump, sure. this, is what, this is what I'm saying. Trump will capitalize off of racism, yeah. but he is. Not, I don't think he's a racist. Per, like I don't think Trump looks at black people and say, "I really hate him." You know why? I'm just looking at historically. Now he will capitalize off racism. People say, "Well, he is a racist." Look at what um, 
let's just go back to when they had the whole thing with the codes on the, the housing applications. I don't know if y'all know that where people yeah. write a C on it or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People say, well, he's racist. I'm like, no, he's a capitalist because he, you may think he's racist, but he's thinking like, well, how am I supposed to make money here? If I'm going to bring, just like a bank does, right? Nobody says anything about the banks that do that stuff, right? Or uh, employment or organizations that do that against people, right? So he will capitalize off anything that he can do. He's a capitalist and a narcissist where he can, anything he can do to make himself look good, that's what he's going to do. Because if you notice when the Bubba, what's his name? Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace thing yeah. happened, right? Now, after this all happened, he tweets. He didn't even say anything about it when it was going on. Then after he finds out the FBI says, oh, this is not a racist crime or whatever, you notice how he tweets, well, okay, Bubba, you need to do something about this. That is him. If you look at his election season, right, his his his, his little dumbass rally was a, was, wow. a, was a dud. It was a flop. So he has to do the same thing that he did in 2016 to get in office to stay in office. So he, so if you notice, he has, he, he'll do some things where he's, let's talk to black people. Let's talk to brown people. But he noticed that that's not his base. Black and brown people are not going to get emotionally riled mm-hmm. up about him, but his base mm-hmm. will. So what he has to do is every time we see all that, them, them random ass tweets and stuff, that's him firing up his base. Like y'all going to be with me mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And he capitalizes off of people's fear, off of racism itself. Because if he could be in a room with P. Diddy, Snoop Dogg, all these people making major deals with black people, I don't think he's racist. He's just a narcissist capitalist that will capitalize off of can racism. Can you be and in both? You know, um, yeah, he can be. He can be and in both, of course. That, but that's I'm looking, what I would say, and in both. Yeah, he can be and in both. But I'm looking at it from like, well, because I think of the Central Five. I think of Obama. You know, where um, to this day. He will continue to say Obama was not born in the United States, feeding that whole he's a Muslim. He's a secret Muslim. I don't even know if they he even said secret, but, you know, that he's a Muslim, um, you know, and getting those uh, folks to, you know, because one, his name, two, his skin color, mm-hmm. you know, I think he's in. I know he's I know for sure. He is a capitalist pig. I know that. He's and I say that pig part because his, the way he views women. So, you know, for and, sure. And, but I also believe the and part. Yes. So and, I w- and, yeah, I and, would say that um, he is a racist. But, by, by, you know, if we look at, because as we said earlier, like a lot of people say here racist and they think KKK, they think neo-Nazi, they think white supremacist. Hitler. That he is racist based on his actions. And I would even go so far as to say, and we talked about this with the professor, is um, capitalism can't exist without racism, right? Because you said it can't. It can't exist without racism. I mean, mm, it can. Yeah. I mean, it, you could go to social capitalism, but the capitalistic system within our country was built on racism. Of course. So, of course. so I think he's a capitalist racist. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's okay. Let's agree on that one. He's a capitalist racist. Um, but but, because he'll have a token here and there, right? It's, it's, it goes back to the philosophy of, you know, in slavery, you had the, 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 the slaves that got to be in the house and the slaves that had to stay in the field, right? 
He's practicing well, yeah, the same, the the house, you know, he's you practicing know? the same concept with you got Ben Carson. So he brings Ben Carson. He, you know, messes with Kanye, you know, so every every racist has a token here and there where they'll this is the good one. Right. Again. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 well, I don't think he's a racist and a I narcissist mean, not, for sure. Like, narcissist for sure. Yeah. I'm not saying that he cares about black people <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying that's that's what it is but i was like well let me give him a net different let me look at it let's pull out some other stuff because as this long guy as you ain't giving him a get out of free card oh no 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 that's not what this is because here's the i mean the truth is you know you if i was a if i was a black billionaire right and i'm and if donald trump wants to make a deal yeah. i mean here's the question i mean actually i don't have to use myself we already talked about this look at saudi arabia yeah. those are brown people exactly. over there, right they're yeah. they're they are narcissistic a holes too, yeah. Right? yeah, and they they are together. The money is about. I mean, the the the, the focus is about green. That's the color that they like. Mm-hmm. Right. So, when it really comes down to getting ahead in life, they're going to use the green to project themselves upwardly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's all that's about. Yeah, that's going to make the. That's going to be the difference between Trump making a deal with El Chapo. Right. Or, you know, he right. don't care, but he don't right. like El Chapo, but because the cash will be coming in, I'll I'll right. sit with El Chapo. Right. Know? And then and then like Tori was saying, like, what was she saying? Um she said something that was so good and I, I lost my train of thought. Capitalism. Yeah, so capitalism great can't exist without racism in this country. Yeah. Because that's country. what it was built yeah. on. And obviously, you know, slavery was the human capital for people of mm-hmm. the white race to be dominant mm-hmm. and to move within. You know what I mean? I mean, even at seven, and I did a podcast about this too, about it was called the fourth of you lie. <laughs> and yeah, it was talking about how just in 1776, Negroes were enslaved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Black people were enslaved. So when they wrote the declaration of independence, when it said, I think it was clever wording when they said, because this is how you sustain it. You say, all men are created equal, right? Mm-hmm. That's great. We all think that all people are created equal, but it doesn't say that all men are treated equal. Right. You know, the, the even though it's so small, those play mm-hmm. on words, it's e- like, well, we were all created equal. Like, yeah, but we're not all treated the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the big fuss, you know, the big contention is with people of color trying to say, look, Yes, we're we're made all the same, but we were we're never right. treated the same. And nobody that's my that's why it pisses me off so bad when people try to make all these that's why I look, I don't celebrate Fourth of July personally. I it's not my thing. I don't do it. And this is coming from a person who served hmm. active duty fourteen years in this country. I don't celebrate it because you can't make me believe that this independence was for me too. Right. Like, Based on the history, the factual history, mm-hmm. you can't make me believe that this country was fighting for that independence for them, for themselves and us. You're you're an idiot, not an idiot, but you are um, you're delusional if you yeah. believe that. But yeah. you know, people with their I call it fake patriotism. Yeah, the Captain Americas of the world that come out, you know, and like, oh, America, 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 <laughs> you know, like I mean. I, I'm not into that, and I served in the military because I learned. When I got, when I learned, I'm like, what? Where I'm from, I never seen an American flag on nobody's house, mm-hmm. except for when I went to school. It was on the flagpole. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there was no American flag. We 
he was not that kind of patriotic people. So when I joined the military, it wasn't because I, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna fight the, the terrorists. Right. I'm gonna defend America. Here's the truth. And y'all, anybody can call into this show, write in this show and prove me wrong. But I don't know of any conflict that the United States have fought that have protected, like seriously protected the security of Americans, like the safety of Americans. There have been no war that have ever has ever been fought that has protected the safety of Americans. So when we were over there in Iraq blowing stuff up in Afghanistan, it has not protected the safety of Americans. Mm-hmm. Hell, Corona here, and we don't see no, we ain't seen no Islamic terrorist attacks or nothing close to it during the coronavirus, right? Yeah. This would be the prime time for something like that to happen. So it's like, there's nothing that's been fought on this on this soil, nothing on this soil that's uh, a foreign soil that has, you know how they say, well, we're, we're protecting the freedom of America. <laughs> we're protecting the safety of America. This, this is how people say this stuff. Yep. I'm like, tell me one war, tell me one war that has been fought that has protected the, look at my wife. She's like peeking in and she won't get, she wants to get in the conversation so bad, but she don't know that we're on the air right now. <laughs> um, she keeps peeping around the corner. And she's like, she, she can participate. You know what I mean? Like, as long as she don't give Trump no free free pass. Nah, you know? oh, right. she ain't gonna get she ain't gonna get Trump no free pass. But um, but you know that's that fake patriotism that yeah. I that I that I talk about. Uh, yeah, and, um, I, I, that's, that's the same thing when I think about this idiot in the office. You know, all this about patriotism, and yet what does he do? He gets a certificate to say he can't because he's got bone spurs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, never never served a day in the military. Never served a day in the military or or politics. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who I want to see become the president? Yeah. Please don't say Kanye. Say <laughs> who? Please don't say Kanye. Don't say uh, Kanye. You'll be canceled, Alex. First of all, <laughs> look. Leave meeting. I, say, I will address the Kanye thing. Kanye. <laughs> oh, Lord. He's another Ka- Kanye. Guy. Kanye has untreated trauma from the death of his bipolar. mother. Bipolar. He, he has untreated mental health trauma. Mess. Because he, of he, after he, his mom, that that was a traumatic incident, and since then he so he has untreated trauma. Well, we're gonna that, something that we don't have time for, but we're looking at trauma, Illuminati sacrifices, the damn Kardashians alone. That's enough to like make you kill yourself. <laughs> so is Beyonce I mean, part of the Illuminati? <laughs> going down um, a rabbit hole. About to go down a <laughs> bring it back. Hole. Bring it back. <laughs> um. Well, I heard y'all. T- well, let me just get to my point. Then we're going to go into that. So I want to see Colin Powell will become the president of the United States. Mm. Oh, that would be good. Now, okay. here's, here's the thing. Tell me why. Sure, uh, uh, Sylvia, <laughs> you sure you're going to like that? You know he's a Republican, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm okay with And I, we talked about this on one episode when Tori was, was about dating. Remember, it was like Democrats won't date Republicans. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no. I'm more about um, what is your, like, do you have some ethics? And the things that I've heard from him, I, I see that he's, you know, he's an ethical, he's an ethical person. But like he wants, yeah. he, he wants to be as ethical as possible. Look, and, you know, kind of like. Look at how he separated, really try to separate himself from. George Bush and all that Iraq and that weapons yeah. of mass destruction stuff. Like he was like, man, I'm out of here. Like 
this yeah. is, I think there's a lot of stuff that he just hasn't told people, you know? Yeah. But I think from a, actually, if you had to like create a president of the United States based on criteria and stuff, you would pick somebody like, I would pick somebody like Cola Powell. Yeah. I want somebody who is as ethical as possible, understanding that, yes, we're not always going to get the right, you know, all information, but when information comes in, it's truthful. Like, have you seen that show, Madam, per- per- Madam Secretary? Where she's well, always—I've seen the the previews. That looks that looks yeah. dumb. What is That's that? actually pretty good. Um, but where she's trying to be as ethical as possible. Her husband is a ethics professor, and so they're going back and forth with you know. I want somebody who's who's going to lead with ethics. So so what about what about Hillary Clinton? Uh, you know, it's I, <laughs> I'm like I. Here's the thing is when women have mouths and opinions in politics, they're uh, demonized. They're just demonized. So there are things that I believe she has some great ideas and was trying to push forward. Because then when you look at, you know, Miss Melania Trump, who they claim speaks, what did she say, six languages? And yet none of those languages I've ever heard her speak other than English or maybe her native tongue. Uh you know, where they, where they, that kind of stuff is where I'm like, no, I'd rather take a Hillary Clinton over a freaking orange Cheeto. Well, my, you know, my, my, my nickname for Hillary Clinton is Gangsta Boo. I think she, I think she a real gangster for real. Like, I'm telling you, like, I don't know, like, I, I, El Chapo level? Yes. Like, 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 chop, like she's she a gonna, you know, she gonna chop you off at the knees and I'm no like I think no trail towards her. She is the one. Like when I look at her smile, I just it scares me. I'm just like I think she will. I think she is crazy yeah. in my opinion. You know what I mean? But you know, I mean, everybody got their preference. When she, you know, she did the same thing. Joe Biden did with his little comment on the breakfast club. They both had their, they, yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm saying about white people. They always got their little moments where they have these little things like they feel like, why would you do that? And they, they right. say, well, I'm going to go for it. Like, of course, Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for Trump, then you ain't black, which I thought was, it spoke to where these people think our psychology actually is. Because here's right. the truth that I'm, a, you know, the truth to me is the Democrats do believe that people won't vote but one way. And here's why I say that. And I learned this in the ninth or 10th grade. I had a teacher, right? Civics class. I don't know what made this woman do this, but she did it. She went around the classroom and she said, are you a Democrat or are you a Republican? Mm-hmm. Right? She, everybody said Democrat. Me, I'm a clown. So I'm always going to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. So when she got to me, I said, I'm a Republican. And she was like, you what? Ain't, huh? She was like, you you ain't, what? No, she's. Was, I send you? Oh, she was like, you ain't no goddamn Democrat. Oh, this, is, this is the teacher said, right? So from that point on, I started educating myself. And I'm like, wait a minute. I think people like Joe Biden think that people of color will only and always vote one way. Yeah. And that they don't have an open mind or an objective opinion. I think they really believe that because mm-hmm. he was really matter of fact he like well if you don't vote for me then you ain't black you see what i'm saying so mm-hmm. there's contention there and then hillary clinton she had her little pandering moment where she decides to say 
So when she say she said deplorables. No, 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 no. Oh. On the Breakfast Club, both of them had their Breakfast Club moment, right? She said, "Oh yeah, I keep I and I even keep a little hot sauce in my pocketbook." She said that. And I'm just like, oh my God, mm. like get, get out of here. This is what she was running for president yeah. last time. And I'm just like, like okay. You know who so, I would pro- I would want to see like somebody like AOC. As the president? Yeah. I, she needs to mature up. But yes, I, I like her ethics. I like her, um, her push. She's a, I, this is my, I like her. I like all the, the little squad, right? I think it's adorable, right? And they, one, we already know they're getting, you know, if you watch Fox News, of course, or any right wing platform, they're eating them alive. One, because they're women of color. Yeah. And they have never seen nothing like that before. Like, literally, you have some some seriously diverse opinions and experiences there just in those women, right? But the fact... They gave him a name and everything. They called him the squad and yeah. this, that, and other. I thought that was, you know, I really like um, Omar. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, now, could she ever be the president? Ain't no Hell way. Hell no. We're, There's no lucky we barely got Obama out of this whole thing. There's <laughs> no way that that could possibly happen. She's a um, carrying Muslim. That will never happen. Look, yeah, Obama no, just wasn't even close to being Muslim, and they were still calling him Muslim. But here's the, here's my thing, and you you y'all both women, and I and this is something I try to understand, is when you got let's say conservative white women, Ugh. Right? Ugh, the parents. Oh Lord, I'm getting her started. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say the. I guess let's just say for lack of better words, we'll call them Karens, right? <laughs> Even though I stop I stop trying to use the words like Karen or Becky. Yeah. Um, I, I but tried, they're Karens because they be caring too much. They can't mind their own business. Yeah. That's why they're Karens. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I understand that. Um, but, you know, like, let's say conservative white women, yeah. right? And how, like, if you think about it, they will, they will go against a woman on the left that they may have some of the same interests with each other, right? Mm-hmm. And they will bash them and dog them through the dirt just because they want to play politics, right? Yep. And it's kind of like, it's such a mind screw that I'm just like, oh my God. Like, this has become so disgusting in my opinion. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's why I say, like, I guarantee you the truth somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, because there are liberals that agree with some conservative views. Like, you just brought up the whole abortion issue, right? Um, And there's some conservative that agree with liberals, they just won't say it out loud. Yeah. A lot of yeah. them would not, they will go to their deathbed. I know damn liberal, you know what I mean? They're just not going to do it. But I think we have to really look at and explore the policies and that's going to determine who you're going to see in the office of the president of the United States. So right. coming from a conspiracy, I'm with Tory, of course, and I'll be honest, it does not matter who is the president of the United States. In my opinion, it never mattered. Yeah. Um, it's who's in the Senate seats. Now, here's something you might not. No, nah, I'm not giving you. I'm about oh, to talk about your boy. Again, here now. we go. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Talk about your boy again, yeah. right? And I, and I had to sit down and I had to really think about yeah. it, right? I won't. And we're just talking, right? We're having a conversation. We're having a conversation. Podcast. 
I'm into, I study the Federal Reserve yes. a lot. This oh. is a story. This is well, actually a story. Tell me about Mnuchin then. Oh, Lord. Listen. Is he, ra is he raiding the uh, vault or what? Uh, I don't know. That's I don't know. But some research on that because, you know, like you said, we the low-hanging fruit, but you put Mnuchin in there, taking jets and everything else, wife out there seeing all the cash being made. Nobody's paying attention to what Mnuchin's doing. So here's the story I got, and it's a big story. Okay. The Supreme Court has given, I'm going to use y'all words. Yeah. I'm going to use y'all sentiments since it's y'all show, right? <laughs> the Supreme Court has given... The orange, the orange buffoon yeah. um, has given the orange buffoon and any other buffoon that comes after him the exclusive right to fire the head of the, um, oh, what is it called? The consumer, um, God, let me look it up. I had the article. The Consumer Protection Bureau Director, Right. This is a win for the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you why this is important, right? This is important because that organization, I'm trying to, I'm, I think it's called the CFBB. If you type that in, um, you should see what it's called. CFBB, uh, oh Lord, what is it called? It's the, it's the, basically it's the Consumer Protection Bureau, right? Yeah, and it was formed in the wake of like the 2008 bust mm -hmm. of the housing market and yep. all that, right? Yep. So, so it was that organization falls under the umbrella of other big organizations like the Federal Reserve, Federal Trade Commission, all these. Now, the Federal Reserve, that's part of the Antichrist, too. But I'll get into that later. So the Trump administration fought. Now, listen to this. They gave him the exclusive right to fire at will the director of this person. He's never had that. No president has ever had that power when that on the, at the incision. Obama, they created this to protect consumers, right, mm -hmm. from the predatory practices mm -hmm. of the housing market, yeah. right? Now he had, this is why it's significant. He can fire that person, but this is what they did. The Supreme Court gave him the firing power, but they left the organization exactly the same. Right. They kept all the, mm -hmm. the language around that exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So you got to ask yourself, why would they want the president to have exclusive powers to fire that particular organization? Now, this goes into when I was about to talk about Trump. The Federal Reserve, if you notice, he's put a lot of pressure on the Federal Reserve in the past, in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. The Federal Reserve is one of the only the Federal Reserve is not federal at all. Let's get that out the way. Yep. Yeah. They are owned by private entities and corporations. Mm -hmm. Do you know that it's one of the only organizations who is not, um, what do you call that? They're not audited by the Senate, the House, or the President of the United States, right? So when they raise interest, they can do whatever they want to do. They can crash the economy. They can float it. They can do anything they want to do. So what you see in the past couple of years, Trump goes forward, he contends with them, and then he pulls back because they really have the power. So this right here is a victory for them because this is why. A story that they only played. On March 15th, the Federal Reserve bought $400 billion mortgage-backed securities. Guys, the interest rate was at zero, and guess what? We're in the pandemic. 
mortgage-backed securities, <laughs> that's what got us in trouble the last time. So you have to ask the question, why would the Federal Reserve buy that much when they're not making money off of it at 0%? So either the housing market is about to boom and they're about to make some serious money, or they about to, basically they're creating another bubble. It's about to crash. Yeah. It's about to crash. They, they're who, gonna create who got rich off of the housing crunch? The rich. The rich did. Because they got to sell the houses to people who couldn't afford them. Then they got to take them back and they get to resell them. So the exact so same what, thing. The exact so same thing. Was, was Look it, what's happening now. Mm-hmm. You got 0% yep. interest rates, right? Mm-hmm. People thinking they can go out, oh, let's go buy houses. We can afford them. Come on lot. now. They're building the bubble again. They're building the bubble again, and nobody's paying attention. There's a great, actually, the guy's from Portland. His name is Tom Hartman. He's a true liberal. But he wrote a book called The Crash of 2016, mm-hmm. and he calls every financial historical event that happened the great forgetting. Each generation forgets. Nobody yep. cares about the Great Depression. Nobody cares about the 1800 panic, right? Yep. Nobody cares about all these things that happen. But they're building the bubble again. They're going to make their little fast money. Yep. And it's going to crash again. And nobody's paying attention to that. Mm-hmm. So what you see with Trump administration doing is, regardless of what people may think about that particular, he's a businessman. Mm-hmm. And he is pushing them. And they're their own entity. And you notice he'll say something and then he'll pull back. But he's pushing the Federal Reserve because that is where all the power is in our economy. We cannot do anything without the Federal Reserve. They can raise interest rates. They can, money is not even real. Yep. They're in what's called a fiat currency. How the hell, now tell me this, how the hell can we be in a pandemic? All of a sudden they say, okay, we're going to get stimulus checks. They put out trillions of dollars in money. Where the hell do you think that money came from? Yeah. That's that's my that's why I be trying to be on Sylvia. Like, I be trying to be on like the other stuff is low hanging fruit. But how can we create money? When you go to the bank and they give you a loan, they create money that they don't even have, mm-hmm. and they're doing the same thing with these mortgage backed securities. If you got a house, if you own a house, I don't know if you can if you have access to this information. But a mortgage backed security is let's say you get your 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 loan from Bank of America, right? Yeah, they take your loan and uh, thousands of others, and they package them up in what's called mortgage-backed securities. Yep. And they sell them, or they give them, they sell them pretty much to the Federal Reserve. So the Bank of America doesn't have uh, the liability of if you default on your loan now. Right. It's basically the gambling with people's livelihoods. Yeah. And nobody cares about it. So basically, Trump, I know I'm not giving him a, a get out, but I want you to pay attention to what he's pushing when it comes to the Federal Reserve. I'm surprised he's not assassinated yet. Right. Because the last thing you want is somebody who don't know how to play the game. Right. right. And he's so damn narcissistic that he's like, look, I'm going to make it happen the way I'm going to make it happen. And it's putting a lot of pressure on the Federal Reserve. So the fact that he won this is just one. I say it's one trickle into totalitarianism, in my opinion, in my opinion, because you got to pay close attention. Like we we got to be careful what we ask for. Right. We really got to be careful. And this has nothing or it doesn't have everything to do with Trump. It has to do with our economical system, the president, the Senate, the House, our whole government, and what is actually happening. Because the Federal Reserve is what's going to make the final decision on our economy. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what the president says, regardless of what the Senate or the House mm-hmm. says. And I think that's where we are missing a lot of opportunity to explore. So if anybody's listening, mm-hmm. y'all need to go look at, the read the book, The Monster of Jekyll Island. You need to go look at the Federal Reserve System and really learn what that is about because money is not real. 
we are living in the matrix for real, for real. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They control us with all the construct of race, right? Of classism. They make us believe this. Yeah, stuff. keep us distracted. It keeps us distracted. Right. So we will think because people think, oh, your money is in your bank account. Guess what? They can just go whoop whoop. That's right. out. At any given time, if they want it. So I want to go back to the presidency stuff, right? Who should be president, all this stuff, and <laughs> Hillary and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't have a democracy. We have a plutocracy. Yes, yes. Then that's what Tom Hartman said. <laughs> and, and, said, and yeah. the, the, I mean, people want to think, you know, I mean, of course I'll vote, you know. Um, yeah. But I also see it for what it really is, and that's what you're explaining, too, is that it is about the wealth, right? Trump is just a pawn in all of that. He's not a mm-hmm. smart businessman. He has a track record to prove it, right? Everybody knows he's an idiot. He acts on impulse. So he goes and does stupid shit, and then someone reels back in that actually knows more about business and money and right. all, and kind of what you're explaining. And, you know, he's a pawn in the ultra-wealthy... Yeah, he's a pawn in the ultra wealthy's game. He's a what? He's a what? He's a patsy. Yeah, he, yeah. he's the and guy. Can I say that? that that's not a. Is that a. a yeah, patsy's you know, the guy that they, they're getting to do all their dirty work. And, yeah. you know, um, and because he's racist, it fits into the, the capitalistic system, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, yeah, the, the, the concept of money, because at any given point, if the government says, Okay, we got to shut it down and we're making a new type of currency. Every little bit of money, the tiny bit of money that we have ain't going to matter because it's going to mean nothing. Right. You know, and that's why when we talk about racism. It's very important to talk about it, but that's why we need to educate ourselves, become financially literate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Teaching ourselves different skills and show like. Show the big picture of the economic system yeah. and why we are a different class of people than someone else. Right. We well, that's really why we're not educated because as you were talking about it, I'm like, okay, no, we're not educated on really about Wall Street and about right, right. any of those kinds of things. Why? Because they, you know, we trust that people are really going to, you know, be out there working for the best interests of this country Mm-mm. when it's not the case. So think about, think about it, Sylvia, like, in some states, some neighborhoods, some places, you got, you going, let's say you go to Compton, right? And little Ray Ray and them shooting dice. There are laws out there that say you cannot be doing that because you're gambling, mm-hmm. right? right? But yet on Wall Street, you got people gambling with the livelihood mm-hmm. of the entire world, mm-hmm. the right. entire nation. This right. is, they really gamble. Like they're at a casino right. every effing day. Right. It's totally illegal. Yeah. So there's a reason why we are in the class that that they put us in the class that we're in, because we they're not going to educate us to understand, Okay, there's a bigger picture here. How do we build wealth? Right. Like that's what we need to probably educate ourselves on more. How do we build wealth? Because these people, they're making us think that all this stuff exists. Like, okay, you got a little money in your pocket. Here's a good example too, how financially illiterate we are. Back where I'm from, you get people that go to the dealership and they buy cars, right? Yeah. And they're happy about their car. Ooh, my car note is $200. Right. Okay. How much is your interest rate? Mm-hmm. Right? You're about to pay more than what that car is actually Your loan worth. amount. <laughs> yeah, the loan amount by itself, you're going to pay more in interest and the actual loan amount than what the car is actually worth. They say, oh, I got a 10-year loan away. I'm just being exaggerated. But, but it's ridiculous. 
Yes. It's ridiculous, right? But yeah. your car payment. So we ride around and think like, oh, that's smart. Like, yeah, that's, but this is why we need to talk and teach us, right. especially the young people. So a $20,000 car 10 years later has just cost you 56000 50, Off the top, you know what I mean? But, you know, back to the And it's only worth two grand. Right. So going back to the government and racism and the economy, I bring my story up of the, the, the that was a, a pivotal Supreme Court decision that um, you guys can talk about another show if you like, but definitely go research it because now Trump can fire he can fire the person. He don't need no reason. Hmm. This is what the legislation said. He can do it at will. So before they had all kind of parameters and restrictions in what a president can do with that particular position. Now he can just go and be like, look, I don't want you in here, Bob. You got to go. Because right. if you, you know, just like he do with everybody else, right. if they don't back him up, if they're not loyal to him. Uh, DOJ, Department of Justice. Right. So the he same thing. Fire that person, whether, you know, and put in whoever he wants. If, if, listen, tr we got to be careful what we ask for. I really believe that because we're about to find ourselves. We're already in it. We've been in it for the last decade. Wow. We're about to find ourselves in something. If we can't meet the middle ground, like in a partisan way, right? If we can't meet the middle ground, it's really going to be one side or the other. And I think the side that's going to be swayed down to is more so of a... Um, I'm going to just say more like a dictatorship kind of thing. Yeah. It's going to appear that we got this democracy, which it does now, but it's definitely going to be more like a dictatorship because when you, you look People at People are kind of slowly seeing that it's not, that the, that was more of an uh, illusion. What, the democracy? Yeah, the democracy part. Because as you yeah. see on the streets, you know, they're understanding, hey, uh, police can continue to do whatever they, you know, whatever they want. It don't matter how how much rioting and protest they could still shoot you in the head with a rubber bullet and be okay well and i think right. you know alex you said the word earlier totalitarianism government right every yeah. time you strip away one of the checks and balances you move mm -hmm. the needle closer you move the needle closer even the even the whole concept of you know biden being the de the democratic nominee right that that was that's by 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 plan and by design because Biden and his they're more centrist centrist right mm -hmm. like Bernie he's over there on the left side right mm -hmm. uh, Democratic Socialism they knew they knew who they couldn't get him voted in right because you have a lot of democratic cent that are democrats that are towards the center that are maybe anti-abortion maybe anti you know all the things so so if we can create this we can get we can pull them onto that bigger umbrella right that democratic that, um, democratic umbrella what, right what's happening yeah so this two-party system is then gonna you know this is gonna get bigger and so what you're gonna have on is the is the radical right you know, the neo-Nazi radical right, and then what they like to call the radical left, but then you're going to have this majority centrist uh, uh, situation where, like what you're saying, who's who's the centrist? The wealthy, right? The ultra-wealthy. So let mm -hmm. me let me appoint 200-plus federal judges that are appointed for a lifetime who can yeah. then dismantle certain regulations, whether it's yeah. EPA regulations, where it's consumer protection regulations, whether it's, you know, the ability to sue someone civilly for a certain amount of, you know, money. I mean, we have seen this eroding clear since Bush, right? You know? Yeah. 
the Bush uh, can, uh, presidency, uh, you know, went after uh, civil lawsuits and how much you could um, ask for in a in a civil lawsuit if you've been harmed, right? So it's reduce that now. The whole yeah. the whole McDonald's thing, right? The the hot coffee thing. Mo- they they made fun of it and said that it was ludicrous and it was a uh, frivolous lawsuits, right? Well, mm-hmm. no, it was a way to keep people from holding corporations accountable when they do damage. So let's lower the amount. Let's put a cap on amount someone can actually sue civilly for. So, you know, when you brought that word totalitarianism in there, that's, yeah, you got to pay attention because it's the little things that start getting removed, you know, the checks so, and balances. So here is, here is, it's another story that, you guys, I don't know if you heard about it, but it's another Supreme Court decision that just came out in the past week that has to do with everything we're talking about and more, where we talk about the checks and balances, right? This might make Sylvia happy. Um, but like we say, we said, you know, like this is not really a democracy. Because one, if you look at the presidential election, you look at the Electoral College. Obviously, what's his name? Uh, what's her name? Blew him out in the general yeah, popular, election. Yeah, popular vote. She won the popular vote. Yeah. But yeah. she lost the electoral, but guess what? There was a uh, this week the Supreme Court ruled, and I'm, I covered this on my show last week. But the Supreme Court ruled that now a state may require presidential electors to support its popular yep. vote winner. Yep, I saw that too. So some states are are do, not every state, but there are going to be some states that do that, and that is extremely pivotal because now I think the legislation is going to punish those. I guess you can call those faithless electorates who want to like be rogue and say well i don't care if they want the popular vote right i'm gonna vote for the other person and did you know that the president is not officially elected till december yep electorates they don't they don't meet until Mm -hmm. december something before christmas Mm -hmm. or something like that and that's what and and this is the education we got to have right because it's going to make us open our eyes more to well, how do we affect change and mostly it's why did you, you you know at least in the matrix alex they gave, you know, what's his name, Neo, the opportunity to take the the blue pill or the red pill. You didn't even give me that opportunity. How come well, I didn't get that option? You didn't. You 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 said I didn't give you the option. You did not give me the option to take the red pill. Um, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna go take my money out of my bank account. But, I didn't in my mattress. But, but guess what though? But they asked, But guess though? Guess what though? Give me some, give me some hope. Listen, there is hope. Okay. What you just said, and this is like a, a human moment for us all, right? Because I've had these moments too. And, I, and I, I, I welcome the moments when you're like, wait a minute. I never thought about that. You know, like I never, and it causes us to challenge ourselves. Like, wait a minute. Like, you mean to tell me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and still to this day, we sitting here talking about this, all this government stuff and Flint, Michigan still has, Dirty water. Dirty water. There's still died, like seven people died last week from the complications of that. Mm-hmm. But yet we pour trillions of dollars out of our ass right. to give to people across the world, which, you know, rightfully right. needed. But there was no accountability. I mean, you we gave money. loans to Trump's closest pals because of COVID. Yeah. And dead people, too. Dead people got money. Yeah. So what I'm saying is it's all comprehensive. It's something that we need to talk about on the... So when people say, why are you, you know, I had a hard time for the first 48, 72 hours when George Floyd died. Yeah. And it was really hard because I had to watch it. But then I was like, wait a minute. I got to start thinking bigger picture. Yeah. There's more for us to look at. And the thing is, we're so polarized that we can't, if, if, like, like Trump said, I can go out and kill somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and people are still going to support me. Yeah. Our government 
is still the same. What yeah. makes people think that those mindsets of those people back who did the Tuskegee experiment don't exist? The right. Hitler's mindset don't exist. Right. When people think that this don't, if that's the case, if they, and this gets into the conspiracy theory stigma, right? If they think that these people don't exist, then that means there's no racist. Mm-hmm. All the racists mm-hmm. died during the civil rights era. Mm-hmm. That right. means they don't exist. We got rid of them. Mm-hmm. There's no KKK. There is no mm-hmm. racism. If people actually b- don't believe that these mindsets don't exist today. Yeah. So it's a double, it's a double coin. Yeah. Well, well y'all on the show, make sure you tell me, Sylvia, do you want to go down the rabbit hole or <laughs> we, we've been a lot of places. No, be. I think, I mean, I, 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 if anything, we enjoyed the conversation. Oh yeah. I want to come back so we can meet. I want to yes. come back to talk about, so I'm going to write them down. We're going to talk about some, for sure. Stuff. We ain't going to go down the rabbit hole. We just going to be, we- we can go down the rabbit hole. I just need to know we're going down the rabbit hole. I got to prepare myself. I got to have like a martini, a, a something, so I can go down that rabbit hole with you. Am I the you. only person that got off task on the show? No. No. no we no. we do it all the time. time. I'm, all the, the time. I'm the tangent queen. we only queen. talked about three articles. <laughs> it's okay. I, I didn't even get to my articles. Sometimes we just we... talk about what we talk about. Right. It's a conversation. Well, I'm going to have to figure out, I think, um, I'm gonna have to figure out how to get y'all on my on my show. Let's do it. Like Let's soon. Do Let's do it. Part two. Part two. Part two over there at uh, Soul Dope. And then and then the Soul Dope. The Soul Dope podcast. That's the it. Soul Dope. I was telling Tori, I was like, he told me something about soldiers. So I was looking soldier. That's why I didn't listen to it earlier, and I felt bad because I was like, I didn't want to say, oh, I couldn't remember what your podcast was because i'm not good with my memory here but oh how, and I how, didn't long, it how long we've been on the air though well I mean, i'm 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 just gonna say this is uh th- we may have to do a two-part we may have to i might have to release in two parts or it's just gonna be a hell of a long podcast like three hours long <laughs> yeah and that's I, okay I like that's okay i think two-parter yeah three-parter yeah we can still talk we can still talk so we could take a little break and come back and do some more and um, do like a couple stories, or like, I listen, need my, my wife, my wife, is, with them too. Listen, she is uh watching her favorite show. Oh, right well, now with her headphones, like that's our thing. That's what she, she's doing. Yeah. What is her favorite show that she's watching? Her favorite, <laughs> her favorite show is uh Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a what Time. What is that? Oh, uh, it's about. Fairy tales, like oh, it's like right here, yes, yes. It's like yeah. about this modern like fairy tales and how people bring fairy like all these different fairy tales into this. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's and just take it. A- war with conspiracies. <laughs> <laughs> She's fairy telling you conspiracies. That's a match made in heaven, right there, Alex. Uh, you know what? And you know what's crazy is that's the way it works out. Like yeah. that's how we get our balance. That's like, balance. That's she, balance. Her- like she's super contemplative, very smart and intelligent, and always on point with talking about stuff. Me, I go turn on love and hip hop or some <laughs> ignorant stuff, and that's what my mind wants to go. You know, but she'd be like, "Yo, you seen you seen the Big Dipper last night? Like, do you know that Venus is in retrograde, dude? Like, I like her. Know, like, like she's she's in that. Kind that's of my lady. jam. Oh, did you know Beyonce's got hot sauce in her purse? <laughs> no, that's uh him. um well let's take a break and then um yeah let's just take a break all right we're back welcome back 
What are you bringing to the table? All right, we back. We had to take breaks. We had to get some food. This is a this is an extra long one, y'all. So it's okay. And we've been saying that we've had th two, three. This will be our third, where we've just gotten in conversations. We just and... get in it. Yeah, we're just in it. We can't help it. Can't no, help it. Can't. So like having a conversation with the friend, and then you just say, "Hey, sorry, gotta go." Right. Exactly. It doesn't happen that way. Um. So we thought we'd come back after a break and do rapid fire to close it out, since we. You know, we haven't done it in a while. We did it in the last episode, but we've been missing it. So yeah. um, we explained to Alex what rapid fire is. We've explained it's the when you post the article and don't read it. And we just get to, you know, talk about what we think the article is about. So, yeah. uh, Sylvia, you said you had one. So why don't you start us I off? And okay. We'll this get one it going. comes from Anonymous. Uh, she continues to keep sending despite COVID. Um this one is Karen wants seven seven eleven employee privileges last worked there twenty years ago. What? Karen. Karen wants seven <laughs> eleven employee privileges. She last worked there twenty years ago. So Karen wants a free big gulp. So <laughs> Karen is like, I used to work here. I should Karen get my privileges. Employee discount. Well, I'm cool with that because, I mean, I, maybe she can give me some honey buns. I love honey buns. <laughs> like, I'm cool with that. Let's let's find her. Let's fund her. Like, let's let's figure this out. Let's let's start a a, a, a so petition. Funny. Yes. Uh, well, Change.org. Give her her, her uh, employee discount. <laughs> Change.org. Give Karen her discount. <laughs> Karen.gov. <laughs> Karen.edu. <laughs> Oh, God. Think about it, Karen. <laughs> but but the deal is, Karen, you got to give Alex honey buns for life. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want okay. The buns then life. then I want Slurpees for life. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm not Slurpee. I'll do big gulp. Super big gulp. Really? I like a Slurpee every now and then. Every now and then I just like a, 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 a diabetes in a cup. You know, brain freeze. That's too bad. Uh, that's too sweet for it me. is it's diabetes in a cup it really is like but every and, every and, and so often diabetes and oh yeah right every so often i'm like ooh, one of those uh you know uh cherry vanilla ones that they get in there every once in a while I, I'll, I'll have one about probably once every six months so i want yeah. my i want my karen discount too <laughs> i want it but you never worked there well but i'm we're gonna start to change.org position petition okay, we're gonna so get karen her discount. discount everyone gets the discount, All <laughs> right. get a discount. no just everybody, us just us it. we're we're championing this we get it oh okay <laughs> just just what are you bringing back or what are you bringing to the table staff us and karen yeah <laughs> we even consider ourselves a staff nobody's paying us we're not considered staff that'd be like you like us having ending this and then me starting up and you say well i want to chair again because i we did this 20 years ago <laughs> Right. Well, that's the same thing as black people say. They want reparations after. Ain't no difference. Oh Lord, let's move it on to the next rapid fire because I got this one. <laughs> All right. Let me let me get let me get mine out. This is from Jason. Uh Jason is uh for you, Alex is my cousin who is a fan of the show and for a while, he was filling my inbox with stories. Like I didn't, I couldn't even didn't have enough time for my own because he right. just was like, 
you know, which is fine. Not complaining, but he lapsed a little bit. So I had to call him out on the last episode. So sure enough, today I got a I got a story from him. So um, Newark woman sucked into sewer, gets shot into river a mile away. Is that she, true? This is true. This is true. This she is gets true. sucked into the sewer. Got sucked into the sewer shot. and gets shot into the river a mile away. Is this the Karen that was trying to get her discount from 7-Eleven? <laughs> <laughs> is she alive? That's the question. She is alive. She is alive to tell the story. And, and oh, How did she fall into that dang sewer? Well, if you want me to tell you, I'll tell you. So uh, this was in, let's see, Newark. So there was, you know, rain, flash floods, whatever, you know. that ha- And so she was delivering for Door- DoorDash, and she got out of her car for some reason. and Delivering got- your Slurpee. <laughs> 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 <Bitch. laughs> And, uh, yeah, so she got got out of her car and got dragged away by the current and sucked into a sewage uh, drain and spit out a mile away. Could wow. you imagine? Wow. Could you imagine? I think, nah, that, you know, like, I think Master Splinter and the Ninja Turtles were down there. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the that's only way she can make Make it out alive. Donatello, Michelangelo, Leonardo. All them. Hey, Alex, what's the conspiracy theory here? That's the good. Like, the lady was probably late. She probably ate the DoorDash food, and since <laughs> hey, I got swept in the sewer and got right. shut out a mile later. Like imagine telling, well, you got it, and then she's like, uh, what's the girl named um, April off of the show, right? Off yeah. of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, like, the journalist lady. Yeah, she's like, uh. If she was to go tell somebody that she saw these mutant turtles, they wouldn't believe her. Well, uh, I mean, it did that. say she wasn't, she was shocked, but not injured. So you might be right, Alex. I, I know I'm right. <laughs> I know. And you know what? To be honest, she probably had, I mean, she probably didn't eat the DoorDash food, but she probably gave it to the turtles when, you know, they had pizza. Oh, they had pizza. Oh, yeah. They had pizza, but she was delivering chicken wings, so they had chicken wings. <laughs> And pizza. Or was she delivering pizza and it was a conspiracy to get her sucked down to get the pizza to them? That's the conspiracy. And then spit her out a mile down the road? Right? Yeah. Well, that was the exit. They're like, well, you can't go back the way you came. You got to go out that way. I mean, she would have to have held her breath for a very long time. I mean, that is going fast and furious. You would think. I don't know. It, the sewer must have been full because most sewers I know is not full with water, you know, like spewing out. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, is this true? Well, this I true? mean, you know, it was, let's see what it say. Uh, it, it came from uh, the Inquirer. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is some local, like, uh, radio news station in New Jersey. Um, wow. Said that the, the, uh, it was flash flooding, um, and she got out the car, and the the current could move as fast as thirty miles an hour. Um, yeah, and that uh, she said the the car was also swept underground, and it was lo- was located on Wednesday about a quarter mile away. The car was so. Swept- I'm just like, how big was that like 
tube. Sewer drainage. Wait, she got she was in a car? Well, she had gotten out the car. So she got and out the and then got caught in the current and got swept away. But her car also got swept under and was found like okay. a quarter mile away. Okay, this is, I got to look this story up. What the, <laughs> this don't even make no sense. Maybe it was the Islamic terrorists or something. Like that. <laughs> there we are. There, we got we to gotta push some stereotypes down. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does say DoorDash is offering um, her occupational insurance to help with medical expenses. Well, isn't that oh, nice? She wasn't injured. Uh, it's probably Karen, so she she got to have a trauma, you know. Right. Like, oh, that's true. All that, that stuff got to be repaired before she come back out <laughs> messing with me. That's true. That is. True. Oh, it was one of these drain. Can y'all see this? Oh, like a canal-like drain. Okay. Yeah. What do they call I, those? I, I causeways thinking... or whatever? Okay. Like an aqueducty thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That may... I was thinking like the... That's what I was thinking. Like a man, like a like a yeah. maintenance hole cover. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was thinking, yeah. too. I was like, this is, you know... Yeah, and those waters run swift. She's lucky she didn't oh, get injured. Yeah. I mean... All that debris She's lucky she ain't dead. She's yeah. dumb. She can't drive. That's what was probably it. Well, what are you getting out of your car for? Number one. Number two, you clearly probably shouldn't have been driving where you're driving. Everybody, it always says whenever there's flooding, don't try to cross the water. Don't right. try to drive through it. Like every right. time it says, like, don't do that. And there's always some dumb mother effer that's like, I yeah. can make it. And then she right. probably yeah. got in there and got like high centered and thought, well, I'll just get out and walk away. Girl, your car's getting moved. You think you're going to get out and walk away? White person. Yeah, same thing here. There's a storm coming. Don't go out to the beaches. You know, watch out for these sneaker ways. Everybody's got to go out there. Somebody gets swept away. And then we're crying because, oh, so-and-so's out in the ocean dying. <laughs> you can stay home. Stay home when they tell you. Oh, oh shoot. Okay. Alex, you got one? So what is my turn? Oh, yeah. check it out. You don't have one, I got one. No, I got one. Okay. So two NBA players are in quarantine after breaking the league's campus bubble, right? So I don't know if you guys know, but the NBA is about to start back up and they put everybody in quarantine on a little campus. Oh, really? I did not know yeah. that. This is how they did it was to make sure that the players didn't get COVID? Yeah, so they tested them like two or three times and they put them on a little like a concentration camp basically. And they were not allowed to leave. Well, one of the one of the guys, out. one of the players, decided to go across the line. I guess he called it the campus line, and he decided to go get him some food, probably from the chick from DoorDash. Right. And, um, and now That's he, why she was swept away. Right. And now he's got to be quarantined for an extra like twelve days or something like that. Oh. And this is college? No, you said NBA. No, this, this the NBA. Is it was yeah. it was no. it uh, one of the Houston Rockets? He played for the Houston Rockets because I saw someone yeah. from the Houston Rockets had mm -hmm. tested positive. One of them. One of them from the okay, so how one? How is it possible? This is your employer. Your employer sequesters you away from your family, away from everything, and you have to comply. Yes. Money. Because look, they created, was it at Disney? They in Orlando, right? They got a Disney facility, like a big ballroom yeah. that they have totally changed into a, in, into NBA courts. There's like two or three of them inside of this place. So they can't leave. It's all like, it's crazy. 
They're what? inside. They can't leave. They're getting room service for. They had room service for fourteen days. But they're not seeing their kids. They're not nope. seeing their families. Nope. Actually, uh, no, I'm lying. I think a few people have some people, some of their families with them, but they they have to go through the same process. You know what I mean? Right. But and basically, you if you did, room? if you if you bring them in, they all got to go through the the fourteen. And they have to stay there. Like we're yep, all quarantined together. Yep. Now, what, are the, what do the bedrooms and stuff look like? Like, are they lush? Um, they... Well, this might this might interest you, but some of them that I've seen on social media look pretty yeah. lush. Yeah. But here's the thing. You know they're doing the same thing with the WNBA, right? And those girls' living conditions are not the same. Well, that doesn't surprise so, me. They do don't pay them the same, that. so of course they're I'm not going to lodge them the same. Not yes. only are we dealing with racism, but toxic masculinity. Equal oh my God, we pay. need to do another show Equal on that. Equal pay. Oh my goodness gracious. So, but yeah, their 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 accommodations is just not the same. But yeah, so this guy decides to. They say, the and they're bubble. probably not even giving them uh, Kotex or tampons. I'll bet you they're probably oh. having to pay for those themselves. They probably do. I mean, I would want to buy my own tampons if I was a woman. <laughs> Going into conspiracy theories, I, I don't know what they done. done so I'm not putting nothing on my jaw jaw with. No. They no. probably put the vaccine. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. That was like the ventilators and all that stuff was laced with coronavirus, they say, or something like that. But, so yeah, so that was it about the bubble, the bubble with the guy. Wow. Yep. Well, and I, I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, I understand. Like, okay, that they. I mean, in essence, that's their employer, right? So but you're your employer can't sequester you like that? Why can they? Because you there's a contract. I'm I'm assuming, you know, like we have, you know. Well, the NBA's got a union, so if the union didn't come in and say, Oh yeah, no, you can't do this uh, to our union it, members. Money. Money. Listen, Sylvia, if they pay you millions of dollars, right? It's it's the Negro basketball league. That's what the NBA stands for. <laughs> They just some highly paid slaves, yeah. basically. Same thing with the NFL. So they pay yep. you. If, come on, LeBron James. Yeah, he got all the money in the world. They pay him. But another thing too, the the players really want to get out and play. Yeah, like yeah. I think they're tired of being roughed up in the house and stuff like that. <laughs> so they thought, you know, let's just go out and they, these games won't be televised. I don't think they're just gonna play them inside of a, a facility. Mm. But not. But with customers coming in, like uh, fans. <laughs> No, I, I think, think won't no they? I think weren't they doing like they're gonna do like limited video and crews so they can record oh, yeah, them, yeah. but then then they'll be you know broadcast to people. I but, just don't think that you know they won't be in a stadium. Or yeah, nothing. it's like in a big hotel ballroom. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like an empty an empty stadium basically with yeah. with the teams and then the 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 video crew and that's it. Yes. Yes. Wow. I yep. mean that's another interesting subject in, in as well this this country's obsession and I, I mean I'm a I'm I will I love sports I watch football it's problematic I know it I played football so I do love sports but it is very interesting this obsession we have with getting back to see, being able to see sports you know it's Rome all over we we're we're Rome we're like the modern day Rome yeah you know we need to have that stuff to be distracted exactly and like yeah, that. yeah. To get back to normalcy, I think. Yes. Ugh. Wow. Wow. Ugh. All right. What else Another you got, thing. Sylvia? 
Neighbor loses her mind because guy mowed flowers in his own yard. Karen. Karen. How did you know? Well, come on. Come on. It could be wait, it could be it could be a black lady. You don't know. Well don't say nothing. Karen. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see. Wait a minute. Put that back up. Look at her. Look at her face. Oh my God. You know what? That is mm -mm. okay. That's funny. All right. Face. That's, that's why she knew. That's why she knew, Alex. The that's Karen. All it said, all you gotta say is labor loses neighbor loses her mind, and you already know, Karen. Dang. The face. My wife thinks that they're inherent. Mowed flowers in his own yard. Wow. That doesn't surprise me. It, I mean, you know, like, it, it just does not surprise me anymore how the, the empowered, the entitled empowerment of the white Karens of the world. But come on, guys. Let's give Karen the benefit of the doubt. What if it's a property where the flowers were in the middle of her property and his? Mm -hmm. It said his yard. The media's always lying anyway. <laughs> So do you think she was do you think she was probably mad because she liked the flowers and enjoyed them and then he, you know, mowed them down so therefore took away her enjoyment? I think they probably had problems from get go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this yep. was just the catalyst. Like, oh, like, you mowed too far on my yeah. lawn or you Look you at know that one uh senator that got, got you know pummeled by his neighbor. They had problems and then the neighbor ends up beating up the senator. What's his name? That one that we can't stand? McConnell? Uh, uh, what's his name? Remember? We did, we brought it to the table. I said McConnell? he got... No. Uh, another one kind of like McConnell. Oh, uh, uh, oh, you're talking about... A, what? Lord, I can't name about What's that. his name? He's a, one of those... Um, oh. Oh, Paul, Rand Paul. Rand Paul? Yes. Rand oh, Paul. Yeah. 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 He has yeah, well I'm getting to Rand Paul, but <laughs> yeah. He yeah. actually has if you go watch his YouTube, Rand Paul just go watch his YouTube. He's a pretty funny guy. <laughs> um, he's a deep state and all that stuff too. Well that's oh, what yeah. I've been saying, Alex. I don't understand how because when you were talking about I can watch Fox, I'm like, I can't even stand I can't I my mind just is like oh I love it. I know. And when I, I got I, there, I, I was I, like, I should watch it just for the craps and giggles of it. I mean, that's what I do it for, pure entertainment. Same way as I yeah. turn on CNN. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, but that's a different, that's a mindset. See, my mm -hmm. mindset is like, oh, these people get on my nerves. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like, like, I have to pay attention to it every now and then just yeah. to know what they're saying. That's right? Like, you gotta know, like, what are they, like, I remember uh, uh, back in the day when I worked uh, um, crisis response, um, you know, sometimes I have work swing shift, right? So in the mornings I'd get up and I'd be watching TV and I'd leave it on the channel and the 700 club would come on oh, and yeah. I would watch it just to kind of see what the spin, you know, what the spin, right. what the putting on it, because I, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't know, I don't know. I just think it's, I don't yeah. think I could watch it like a lot. I just can catch little glimpses of it because yeah, I'm like Sylvia, like, ugh. God, every yeah, damn thing out their mouth. <laughs> yeah. Look, Fox News is eating up AOC right now. Of course they are. <laughs> and see, and I'd be yelling at them. 
You stupid! What are you talking about? It's it's <laughs> easy to do it if as you just violent, turn it off and put it on says, the captions. It says as violent crime surges in NYC, AOC suggests spike is due to shoplifting to feed hungry families. So you see the spin? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, what gets the base going? Spin, spin, spin. Yeah, you spin me right, right. <laughs> there you go there you go um all right well this is i mean you're not gonna have to guess but i i, I wanted to bring it as one of my stories but since okay. we didn't do the story i'll bring it as my rapid fire okay. washington's nfl team officially drops the redskins name what oh. how we 80 plus how years how many years 80 years 80 plus years and now they finally said, and this was after Floyd to be murdered. This was after the uh, owner had said previously he would never think of changing the name. Wow! But it's but official. Thing, it's official. You still got the Blackhawks. You still oh, yeah. got the Atlanta Braves. Speaking of the Blackhawks, did you hear Indian. their excuse of why they weren't going to change? Why they they says that the 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 way they do it actually honors. A specific uh, Native American tribe. Who said that? The Blackhawks. You got a cricket. You got a cricket sound effect. Yeah. What's it? <laughs> there it is. Oh, it's people can... oh you. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, that's what that's what I'm doing on that one. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, uh, it's a long time coming, but like you said, there's still the Blackhawks, there's still the yeah. the the Braves, there's the uh, what's the baseball team? Multiple, multiple Cleveland Indians. You know, um, you yeah. It's crazy. I I honestly I don't even care if they keep it or not. I just it's like it's too trivial for me to like really put my energy. Low in. hanging fruit, like you said. But here's yeah, the deal: the only reason he's changing it is not because of the the racial slur. It's because like Amazon, all these all these corporations mm -hmm. said we're going to stop selling your products. Oh. So they hit him in the pocketbook. So it yeah. isn't about he's changing it because it's been a, it's a racial slur. It's right. about oh right. shit, my bottom line's being affected now. Okay, yep. we'll change it. Well, go because ahead. major spawn like FedEx yeah, said, we're not going to spawn, you know, we're not going to sponsor. We're not going to, you know, so yeah. um, it ain't he, about Goya's sticking to his guns. He ain't apologizing. Well, that's because you got white people out there that don't know how to season their shit. And so they'll buy Goya products. <laughs> I don't I got yeah, Goya he's saying, no, you protesters, you guys are impeding um, in my free speech. I'm like, how? What, how is that? I got to buy your product in order for you to have your opinion. I don't got to buy your product. Oh man. That's now that's a show we gonna have. I like coming on here. That's something <laughs> that we gonna have to talk about again, because I Lord, that's a long story because there are so many corporations. Are you going to try to get me fired up now, Alex? Uh, no, not yet. Cause we trying to do rapid fire, <laughs> but I can see the smoke coming out of your head. But um, now actually this is just one of those things where there's so many corporations that we all support yeah that have some serious um you issues. know issues oh yeah yeah human issues whatever yeah and nobody you know because like right now i'm getting i'm getting the what do you call that the 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 pressure about eating that chick-fil-a <gasps> you uh, eat hate I food who don't who don't who don't, <laughs> don't hate chicken like, you better not eat that chick-fil-a yeah. that's hate well, chicken <laughs> 
I'm like, go to Popeyes. Get... But there you might get killed because they're apparently their chicken sandwiches are to die for. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So that's a show for another day. But, um, yeah, so the Redskins is like you said, he hit him in the pocketbook and then they had to change. Yeah, it wasn't about that he gave a shit about Native Americans, you know. would have never been yeah. changed. But I did see an article, like, right before we got on today that said that one of the prominent uh, Native American chiefs was like, hey, uh, this is not offensive to us. So I don't know. Well, you got one in every bunch, Alex, of course. <laughs> I got my chado. That's what we say in, in Carson and Candace Owens. In, all right? Yeah, right. Everybody got a Candace Owens. Everybody got a Ben Carson. Hey, that's my boo. That's my boo. That's my boo. What's his name? That Cuban, the Cuban from uh, Florida. What's his name? What's who? that congressman from Cuba? Oh, uh, that ran for president. Yeah. Yeah, Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio. Yep. You got another one for us, Alex? Yes, I do. And okay. I think that I think Sylvia gonna like this one. You ready? Oh, shit. Oh, oh, there you go. Take a breath. Okay. Take a breath. I gotta go to sleep, you know. I gotta decompress something. No, but I seriously think you're gonna like this one. Okay. Um, it says Fauci, you know Fauci? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my guy. That's my I, call, I call him I call him Mickey Mouse. <laughs> but here's what the here's the here's the article. It says Fauci says Fauci opened his mouth. Wait, Fauci opens his mouth with facts. Trump does not. Well, it's where true. Is the, where is, it's I'm true. Like, where's the controversy there? Uh, oh, it's supposed to be controversial? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just saying, I ain't got nothing to say other than correct. And you know what's crazy? Here's the thing about the article, though. When I click on it, there's nothing written. Yep. Uh, is it one of those? Where there's these nothing written. A Fox produced article. All it says, no, it's CNN. Mm. And, and all it says is that CNN's Aaron Burnett says Dr. Fauci and President Trump are on completely different pages as COVID 19. Cases continue to rapidly increase in the United States, and that's it. Yeah. I'm yeah. like... No, I did see an article. I actually brought it because um, we were talking about that. We were, like, talking about, like, all of a sudden, Dr. Fauci's gone. Because part of our... When this whole thing started, we were like, listen to Dr. Fauci, because he's an expert. This is his field of study, where you got this orange Cheeto buffoon, zero, no science, throwing people up there with zero science, no nothing... And they're listening to that fool. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm tired of that fool. But you know, uh, Fausty boys with um, Bill Gates, right? Yeah. Well, well he come was. on now. You trying to give Fausty a get out of jail free card? I yeah. I would say that there's some well, general there's some general science that I do. Alex, you know, do, I don't. I totally agree. Like you got to look at who who are they going with and where's the money and all that and. You know, what he was saying in terms of cleanliness and, you know, wash your hands, you know, the the precautions that the buffoon can't even fucking right. say. Well, and one of the one of the things that White House was saying was, look at how Dr. Fauci was at the beginning of the pandemic uh, was saying, you don't need to wear a mask. And I felt like my response was. Well, at the beginning of the pandemic, you all were calling it a hoax. So what is it? At least we have a man that says the you know, virus is for real. 
you might not need to wear a mask, whereas you freaking White House folks were saying, it's not real, it's a Democrat hoax. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. You know, Dr. Fauci, he, uh, you know, he's the, I guess we could consider him the expert. Which is, he is the expert. So if you're telling me, I mean, and obviously he's been putting out the simple, like she says, the preventative measures, like, it feels like, okay, if you tell us to do this, then this should help us with the virus. Let us out, let me outside. In my opinion. Yeah. Oh, you mean go back to work? Yeah, go back to work. Hell no, I ain't trying to get no Corona. Well, I would I would say, like, here's my thing, is that if people would fucking just abide by those precautions, we could, right? Like, cause so I was thinking this weekend, uh, we went out, I went out and got a, my first haircut from an actual person that cuts hair besides myself. Um, and then we went over to the food cart, and then we went, and then I had to go to the craft store, because, you know, that's what I got to yeah. do. It's my business. Um, and so those were three things that we would do on any typical Saturday. The only difference is we had to wear a mask. And it was not that big of an inconvenience. That's the problem is people can't Speak even. Yourself, <laughs> it was not uh, an inconvenience well, for me. Right. Now, but here, the, but you, have an, other... you have too many people out there is like, I don't want to wear it. It's my right not to wear it. You know, like if no, y'all could I'll just take some like... simple precautions, we could I'll do some things. Like the mask is interfering in my constitutional. <laughs> my constitutional. <laughs> Constitutional right. You know, I I wear the mask. I mean, I don't like it, but I do. I just you know I follow the rules. Right. Um, and that's that's as basic I can get it. I don't like wearing the mask. Like I went and got a massage the other day on Thursday, Wednesday with the freaking, and I had to wear a mask the whole time. Mm. You know the little hole, the little thing you stick your face in. Yeah, it's hard to breathe anyway. <laughs> that shit was smothered, like it was pulling into my yeah, face. Yeah. And I couldn't breathe, so the whole time I'm I'm kind of inching my neck up, which is putting strain in my traps. And I had to, I'm like, okay, I'm never doing this again. If yeah. you're facing downward, it's not like the person's right underneath your face. No, tell them that. They told yeah. me I had to keep the freaking mask on the whole time. You know what they should have done is on that thing is then fashion like a little shield. Right. You know, like one of, the, you know, those shield covering people are wearing instead yeah. of a mask. They could put that on that head thing. Or, or a little, uh, you know, like just a little what? plastic like thing, like hang that, you know. Yeah. See, that it's to ridiculous. me is just. Or give yourself one of them hot facials that you could be like, oh, wow, I get a twofer. <laughs> you know? I get Let's a hot see. facial on top of a massage. And you asked me who would I believe, right? Trump or Fauci? Oh, you. About what? About the, the About virus the and the science behind it. And I just say none of them? No, it's. What? it's... I said two people. You can't choose none. Who would? Okay. You're canceled. canceled. You're not going to go with the dude that went through medical school that studied the anatomy of viruses and where they come from. You're going to go with the fool that okay. created Sylvia, university Sylvia hits, that has the water, <laughs> the, the steaks. Her, her head is smoking. Let me go ahead and choose one. Of course, I would listen to Dr. Fauci. <laughs> of course, I would. Um, but you know, we not around the that. vaccine though. If he's huh? connected with not around the vaccine, if he's connected with Bill, hell no. <laughs> mm -mm. He's gonna be the first one in line. 
I'm not going to be. I already said. I think we didn't we talk about that, Tori, where we had said, "Hey, don't go get no vi- no vaccine because we don't know what the hell they're doing." Yeah, so hold we. On, hold yeah. on, hold on. Don't be don't be the first in line. Don't be the first one in line. <laughs> Wait around to see what's what the effects of that vaccine are. True, but but what if Dr. Fauci tells you you need to get a vaccine? I'm still waiting. Just uh, you but know. Why though? You trust in the expert though, see? Uh, I trust the expert in how to prevent, not. Hey, this is the vaccine. That is how you uh, it. No, With I want to see. I want to see if other people around what their side effects you are. You want to see some efficacy sweet. before you run out and get a shot? Yeah. Look at <laughs> look at that uh, orange Cheeto out there talking about use that aquarium. What's that hydro, one hydro uh, or uh, hydrochloroquine? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then people out there taking it like you know, and then croaking. I'm like, I'm not. No, I'm going to see you eat it first. So what do you rather do, get the coronavirus or take Trump's? I'd rather uh, be sequestered in my, you know, in my house and see everybody else. It's like, you know, like the uh, zombie apocalypse. What, am I going to go wandering around the streets to get bit by a damn zombie? No, I'm going to be sequestered in my house, waiting till the zombies, you know, they all pass through. And then you come creeping out of your house, you know, with precautions, with your gun, with your arrow, whatever to kill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I am not going out there with the whole zombie folks running around just so I could get bit. But but why not, Sylvia? <laughs> the experts are telling you everything that you need no. to know. No, no. Oh, I, I need to see science. Like if they were like, oh, no, we got a, a vaccine for the zombie bite. Oh, well, I need to see. I need to see it. <laughs> I need to zombie see bite. it. <laughs> I need to see evidence. And if Dr. Fauci can provide that, then I'm going to go with Fauci. Do you get a flu shot? Uh, no, I'm, I don't like shots. I, I don't get a flu. Look, I don't get no shots whatsoever. I, I was in the military. I don't like shots. Not I've had, I absolutely have to. I've had nine anthrax shots. Jesus. And that yeah, oh, you have no idea. Jesus. That doesn't include my medical record that has X, Y, Z, A, B, C. See everything you can think of, I've taken it. Yeah. Oh my god. So you are a walking experiment then. You damn right I'm a walking experiment. Who the fuck do you think they're gonna experiment on? Experiment on them soldiers. If they can't experiment on the the poor and the people of color, who next? The military. Because they own your body. So here. I think I think that thing like sterilized me or something. But here's the here's the messed up part though, Sylvia. I took it three I took three you gotta take them in series. You take the first three within like two weeks, right? And then you got to wait and get a booster once uh, once a year. So guess what? I did my three during the deployment, got home. Apparently, I missed the window for the booster. So they said, oh, you got to take it no. again. Three more shots. It happened no. twice. Oh, my. That ain't right. So that's how I end up getting nine anthrax shots. That ain't right. And guess that what? Right. The anthrax shot is not just a regular shot. Like, when it pokes you, it got a delay, and it burns like hell. So, oh, that ain't right. Yeah. That so ain't right. There you go. So I don't know what's gonna happen to me in the next ten years. That's why I don't. I don't do hey, no vaccination. Maybe you have the antibody for Corona. Listen, if I survive that, I might be the only thing standing during the zombie yeah. attack. <laughs> it's gonna be twenty-eight days later, and you're gonna be out there, yep. and there's yeah. nobody they in the street. Not even bite you because you're immune. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why do we bite him? He ain't got. You know, he's immune. Hey, we better keep quiet about this. They're gonna want your blood. Right, <laughs> they're gonna be oh, let's go get oh, him, they, they go, bring him in, find, and then they're just gonna start pulling your blood for the antibodies. 
Hey, Tori, they ain't gonna find nothing but high glucose in this blood. Right. That's about it. I've gotten flu shots, but um, you know, they never seem to work. I always get sick. And the only that I had stopped getting them for a while, but then I started working for healthcare and they make yeah. you get one as part oh. of your job. And I yeah. was like, I called I called my attorney and it was like or emailed, I was like, Can they make me do this? She's like, Yeah, da 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 I was like, This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So two two yeah. of the jobs I had um were in healthcare and they made me get a flu shot to, in order to keep working. Wow. wow. No. Yeah. I, I, I still I got think- sick. Yeah, because you didn't have that specific flu ever. Exactly, yeah. And it's got a live virus in it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Is it my turn? Is it my turn? I got one more. Okay. Uh, Three LAPD officers face felony charges for falsely falsely labeling people as gang members. Oh, I saw that. According to a 59-count criminal complaint, three officers were charged with conspiracy, Filing false reports and prepping prepping fraudulent documents for court. That ain't no surprise. And that's what I'm saying. It I didn't mean, surprise I, me when I, I read it. I was like, say, about damn time. Hey, uh, messing around with evidence, putting in we we know that happens. This is such a something like soap that the it, general public would be like, okay, and what's the big deal? Right. You know, identifying they do that all the time. Yeah, and we know that. Yeah. I, I we're is a real meat and potatoes they're giving us the low hanging fruit i gotta take that it's, one, it's the it's the uh it's the red dot right it's the red dot theory right you know just and like a cat let let me move they, the dot here let me move it there officers of color no huh? huh are they police officers of color i gotta have one in there i'm gonna the let's see um it identified them by name but they didn't include any pictures of these people yeah i'll bet you um, i'll bet you there's a negro in there yeah. <laughs> uh, Braxton Braxton Shaw, Michael Cobalt Cobalt and White. Nicholas Martinez. Uh, oh, we got one. Andale, yeah. hi there. Hi there. So there, there's 50-50 that the other one's African American or right. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it didn't surprise me when I read it. I'm like, well, f- this is a long time coming, probably for many departments, right. actually. So y'all speak Spanish? Yes. See. Si. Si. Yeah. I mean, it just came up. We mentioned Martinez, and then I I've been watching Queen of the South. Yeah. I don't know if y'all watched that. I have not show. seen it, but I heard it's good. I heard it's you good. Watch it. it. Yeah. You would the, not, is that Netflix? Yes. Watch it. I yeah, I heard it. it's really good. But I'm looking. I'm. I, I learned. You know, I learned how to speak. I don't speak Spanish, but I uh, took a Spanish class. We got an expert. I I'm not an expert. Listen. Uh huh. Now he knows how to speak Spanish. Let me give no, him. No, I don't. Listen, so <laughs> I learned a little bit of Spanish when I first entered college, when I took an elementary Spanish class, okay? So yeah. it was elementary. <laughs> so at that time, I was the only black guy amongst Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, and um, Mexicans, right? You were um, the only black guy amongst the Dominicans the, and Puerto Ricans? The only black guy. Wow. Listen, I know. The reason, why, the reason why I met my best friend, who is Puerto Rican, we was playing basketball. I never met him before, and I was the picking the, I was the captain. I said, "Hey, I want that dude, that dude, and give me the Mexican dude." Yeah. He was like, "Yo, I ain't no fucking Mexican, bro." 
This is him. And I'm like, yo, I don't mm-hmm. know, bro. Y'all got brown skin. I don't know. So, you all Mexicans. Right. Y'all, you know, it's all in the same boat. So no pun intended with him, but he was, he got mad. So we became, he wanted to fight me, but we ended up being best friends. And he introduced me to, you know, all his friends, but I was the only black guy. But there was a lot of Puerto Rican girls during that time who would always, they would have the Puerto Rican flags, dresses on, you know, they're really proud uh-huh. people. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I should have known because when you were talking about booties and titties, I should have known when you then you bring up Puerto Rican listen, girls. Listen, listen. Yeah, that was and all over my. That was all, all right. over Miami. Boricua. So listen, <laughs> I know. Then you brought up Miami. Okay, all right. In Miami. So listen, I was like all these Puerto Rican girls, and they always had flags, and they made their clothes out of the flag, and big old cars. Yeah, it was crazy, right? So I was like, I was like, I don't think these girls are from Puerto Rico. I don't think they speak Spanish. So mm-hmm. this is around the time I started taking Spanish. So I learned how to say one sentence in Spanish. That's all I know. And I taught myself that just Wait. by putting together, right? Well, first, let me tell you how I used to say this sentence to girls when I used to be clubbing back in the day, yeah. right? Yeah. And when I was a dog. When you were a dog. Yeah. We're going to have another show. I cannot <laughs> wait. But listen, so I, when I was clubbing, I would say this sentence to them to see if they spoke Spanish or not. Yeah. Right? And see their reaction. So this was the sentence, okay? I'm going to say it on your show. Okay. Because okay. it's rated R anyway. So I would say, Lord, you do it. You brought it up. Now you shy. Here we go. I say, um, comer tu culo And I would say that. Look at the, look at the and they like, didn't slap the crap out of you. Listen, the first two girls I said that to, there was no reaction. Like literally nothing. And oh, the third girl I said, she, with that. the third one, look, yank me up. Yoke me up by my shirt, just like this, in a club. She's yeah. like, Poppy, Poppy, I don't play with you like that, Poppy. I don't play with you like that. And then everybody's crowding around me, and I'm just giggling yeah. out my head like, yes, somebody speaks Spanish. So that's how that's what I used to do when I learned how to teach myself that. Oh, So you lucky. taught yourself that sentence? Yeah, I taught myself that. <laughs> yeah. And that's lucky. all I know in Spanish. You lucky they weren't, you lucky they weren't Mexican. <laughs> Cause they would have shanked you. Oh, I mean, Jesus. I mean, well, I didn't go. I didn't go too long after that because you know people probably would have been inviting me after that. So I was oh like, yeah, oh you know. yeah. So, I'm surprised you're still alive. I know. So I don't. I don't know. That's how. <sighs> so distinguishing that bloods and crips, Puerto Ricans and Mexicans are the same thing. Cabrón. <laughs> <laughs> Tori's gonna have to delete this. You are like all her isms, that ism hairs in the back. She's like, ah. I mean, that's how that's how I learned. Dios mío. Oh, well, y'all, should we wrap this up? Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Um, Alex. Let me plug my show one more time. Plug it oh, away. Yeah, plug it away. It is. If y'all ain't listening, it's called the So Dope Podcast. S-O-U-L-D-O-P-E podcast. I'm the black guy with the hat on. Um, and please come listen. Um, I will have you guys on my show. Awesome. We'll we'll uh we'll put we'll put the link on our Facebook page too so that uh yeah. people can see it there too. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm gonna yeah. put I'm gonna I'm gonna link you want me to link the anchor for y'all or what? Oh yeah, link yeah. his yeah. his anchory whatever's yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just do it on the Apple podcast. I'm gonna share it from there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That works. 
Yeah. Well, Alex, uh, it's been a pleasure. You are welcome back anytime. We expect you to come back. (laughs) This has been fun. Um, Even the comedic relief, dude. It was good. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Uh, (laughs) Tell your beautiful wife, thank you for uh, allowing you to be with us this evening. Yeah. Oh, man, that ain't no problem. She knows... (laughs) We do this, you know, this is our thing. Like, she's watching our show right now on our computer, right? Yeah. And this is what we do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just about the energy of being together. Yes. I love that. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm down here in the podcraft Mm -hmm. room. My family's on this level. And I still feel like, you know, we're still together. Yeah, same here. We we uh, yeah. Andy's a, very, a a big sci-fi you know fan. I don't like sci-fi, so he's always yeah. watching those fantasy sci-fi genre, and I'm like, nah, thanks. So you know, I'm in in my here my art room doing my thing or watching something yeah. else on Love you it. know Netflix. So but, but before we get off, y'all talking about crafts? Like, what kind of crafts y'all doing? Or we want to talk about it off the air? Um, no, I make cards. I do cards. I do everything. I made masks, like face masks. I was gonna ask you that. Yeah, she I sells herself short. She China? does like, she does real like real sweet card craft, like paper crafts, like yeah. oh, like yeah. yeah. Are the masks from China? <laughs> China. No, maybe the fabric might be, but this <laughs> the, I'm in this little sweat room. It's me. It's Mexicana. That's it. Just puro Mexicana. That's all. <laughs> I do all kinds of stuff. I do all kinds of stuff. Stone is on, guys. Oh God, we didn't even get to that one. I know. I was was waiting. Didn't even get to that one. You can you can see my art on uh, Facebook. It's Zpool Art. You can check out my art on there. Z what? Zpool. My my last name backwards. Z e p o l Art. Yeah, I'm writing it down. Okay. Yeah, I do a lot of kind of different stuff. Well, All right. everyone, thanks for listening, and yes. until next time, nos vemos. Adios. Adios. Daisy, Daisy, what's your safe word? What's your safe word, Daisy? <laughs> <laughs>